Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. Jonathan. I'm JR. And uh, you might have noticed that uh, Kevin is not with us today. This is the first episode ever in 46 episodes that Kevin is sitting one out. And uh, it's just a a smattering of circumstances that uh, disallowed him from joining us today. And that's okay. We're going to go, we're going to have a three-way today. Am I right? No good? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I never listened to the intro. Anyway, uh, today we're going to be talking about my pick. I'm John. Vanilla Sky (laughs) uh, from 2001, directed by Cameron Crowe, starring Tom Tom Cruise. You wanted to say Tom York, didn't you? (laughs) I almost said, to be honest, I almost said Tomothy. (laughs) I don't know why. And then I had the flash of uh, Steve Carell in the office saying Jimothy. To Jim, nice. Which is just ridiculous. But anyways, starring Tom Cruise, Penelope Cruz, uh, Jason Lee, Cameron Diaz, other people, and uh, as well as other things we watched, some trailers. How is everybody doing? How are we hanging this this day? Start over. <laughs> I've never heard that cast spoken out loud. I never noticed the same last Two cruises? name. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a weird thing. I don't think you think about it anymore because they're both kind of like their own entities now. But at the time, I feel like nobody knew who Penelope Cruz was. Is that true? Yeah. That can't be true. That nobody knew who she was? Yeah. In 2001? What has she done? I don't know. No, wasn't, movies? Wasn't this like her first English-speaking movie? Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that yet. But I hmm. feel like she hadn't done a whole damn. lot in America at that point. She had done a lot of the... Um, I think she'd been working with uh, Almodovar, right? Before this? I don't know. She did I the Spanish know. version of this movie. She did. That is correct, yes. You Three that? years before. No, I haven't seen it. Have let's you? see. No. She did... Never will. Let's see. Yeah, all these are... <laughs> she did a movie called The Greek Labyrinth. Let's see if that's... She's in The Butterfly Effect. Oh, no, that's a movie from 1995. She's uncredited. Yeah, this is foreign. Let's see. Foreign, 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 foreign. Yeah, it's looking like... Uh, oh, she was in Don Juan with Johnny Depp. No, it's not the Johnny Depp one. It's a different one. Yeah, so no, she's. this is her first English-speaking rule. It, it, wow. it appears to be anyway. So um, if somebody else can find evidence that, that, to the contrary, please let us know. It just it feels like she's been in my life more than 17 years, but she hasn't. That ah, feels about right to me. 17, 17 years is a long time. I think she's, I mean, after this movie, I think she really, okay, 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 so technically she was okay the same year she was in blow and captain crelly's mandolin which she speaks english okay. blow. yeah blow was a big one also all the pretty horses the year it's before that so she probably speaks english in that as well that might be her first technical but uh this movie obviously a much uh i don't know bigger movie i'd say than that movie uh yeah. so yeah this is kind of what shot her into stardom i, I would imagine and then she did lots of uh she did Waking Up in Reno the next year, so you know, you know she, her star was rising. <laughs> Gothica, you know, just a big, huge star. Sahara. God. Killing it. That's brutal. Killing yeah. it. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about other stuff we watched. Everybody's doing great. Let's move right into the news. The news, which I didn't even tell you guys about before we started recording, but no. we, we, you guys know about Surprise this. Surprise news. The popularity Oscar. How are we feeling about this? <laughs> the popcorn Oscar, right? The, uh, the Jonathan, are you aware of this? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, they were all popularity Oscars, so. But now it's just out in the open. Yeah, I don't. I don't I agree mean, with that. Were, that's, that's kind of a silly thing to it's, say. It's, no? it's so. I mean, 
How many movies that get nominated for Best Picture make less than like ten million? No, that's fair. But if it was a popularity Oscar, the Moonlight wouldn't have won over La La Land, right? That's true. So, I mean, but I mean, but yeah, those those two movies being nominated, I guess. But I mean, I I can see like the the, the thing that I don't understand is the outrage about it from like cinephiles and like people just, online, just people that think that the Oscars hard, are legitimate. Like, even if you didn't, <laughs> it's hard to it, define. How do you define it? I yeah. mean, is it just is it just like highest uh, grossing? So that's it. It's going to be the five highest grossing films. It's so it's going to so be the superhero Marvel category. Infinity War. <laughs> Every so they year, said that, well, they're saying a lot of people are saying it's the Black Panther Award, right? It's the it's so they can give Black Panther an Oscar. They're going Black to give it to Panther, Black Panther. Black Panther has Outsold? made more money in the, the U.S. Infinity War. I think it made like a, I think it's made a billion worldwide already. So wow. it's it's huge. I mean, uh, Infinity War has made more worldwide. Oh, is that right? Because it's made over it's made about two billion. Okay, well there you go. But. Uh, <laughs> I think they're Black gonna, Panther I, has made about thirty million. I think that's how the they're US. gonna. That's how they're gonna silence the people who are talking about it as a just just determining through gross receipts is that they're gonna say, well, we're not gonna give it to a, a Avengers, which is technically the highest grossing movie. We're gonna give it to Black Panther. <laughs> so Black Panther is more popular, even though yeah. it's technically not more popular. But oh man, I think they'll you know. But see, and that's I don't. How, I, do, you, I how do you feel if you're Ryan Coogler in that cast? Then like, oh, they had to make an Oscar. They had to make like a bullshit fake Oscar so they could give us this one. This is like MTV Movie Awards type shit. Yeah, but like, okay. I don't like that. See, I can see something are, like that yeah. on, on Nickelodeon. We're we doing best kiss next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, like, who could care? Like, the whole reason they're doing it is to increase ratings so that the Oscars can stay on the air. Personally, yeah. I'm more concerned with the Oscars staying on the air. I like to watch the Oscars. I don't give a Me fuck too. about anything. Like, it means nothing, and I understand that, but it's still fun to watch. So as long as they stay on the air, do whatever you have to do. Change it however you want to. As long as I get to see a movie-centric three-hour broadcast every year. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how many other shows are just about film? Like There none, are probably none. TV movie awards? I mean, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's like, okay, but that's that's one, right? And then it's like if you have uh, IFC, some... you can watch the, the yeah. fucking Independent Spirit Awards. Is there, like, right? a Siskel and Ebert, like, sequel or something they're, they're dead. i mean like you know like a current version <laughs> a of that sequel to them <laughs> they're human beings <laughs> I don't know. no there's like, like a current there version. are critics but no there's no like it's uh, not like on tv no hmm. there was when when eber was alive he was doing it with roper for a long time yeah yeah but they, even that show was struggling and they had to take it off the air so it's like because hmm. nobody gives a fuck about movies they most people go to see one movie two movies a year they're marvel movies or they're pixar movies and they don't even think about it the rest mm-hmm. of the year. Yeah. And they watch it on Netflix. Which way nobody cares about the Oscars. Which is fine. So do whatever you have to do to make it, uh, make people watch it. Right. Which is what they tried to do when they hire people like James Franco to host or Seth MacFarlane to host. They just got it wrong. Had they, now, had they went through, had Eddie Murphy not pushed out, I think that could have been a real game changer. Eddie Murphy hosting. Could have come out of retirement doing a little stand-up, you know? You think it would have been? I don't, I don't know. I think I think people would have been interested mm. in it more. And Brett Ratner was directing. Not not in, nothing nothing for Brett Ratner, but like, I feel like he would have definitely brought like a, a hard edge to it and like gotten rid of a lot of the like filler musical numbers and shit like that. Like that's for me. If I could do it, that would be what I'd get rid of. Get rid of all of the moments where they're just singing about shit. Get rid of all the performances from like <laughs> John Legend because he was nominated for making some song for some shitty movie. And just put more celebrities on stage, potentially making asses out of themselves. That's what people want to see. 
What is everybody talking about from when from when uh, Moonlight won? The whole gaff of La La Land winning first. That's what we want to see. We want to see people tripping and saying I mean, curse words. And they drink pretty hard at the uh, the other one. Yeah, Golden, Golden Globes. Globes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you got to get them liquored up. Not too many asses made though. You know what though? I was just watching a compilation of the three years in a row that Gervais hosted the Golden Globes. That shit's funny. Get your base mm. to host. Get somebody who just like will rip Hollywood a new asshole to host on there. And they then, won't do it. He, well, maybe they. He ripped apart like the Hollywood Foreign Press, yeah. so they were like. Nah. But they asked him back three years in a row. <laughs> wow. And he he made a joke to. Uh, he's introducing Mel Gibson, and he was and he, you know he's drinking the whole show like he's always got a drink in his hand. He goes, you know, I like a drink as much as the next guy, unless the next guy is Mel Gibson. And then Mel Gibson <laughs> came out. Like, what an amazing... Like, that's a hardcore joke, isn't it? Like, who would make that? Who has the balls to do that? Ricky Gervais, get him up there. He could reunite with his band, Siona Dancing, and they could play. During, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so that's that. Trailers. Did you watch the trailer for Maniac? No. <sighs> JR, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> The, the Maniac trailer. What are you thinking about this thing? From I, Kerry Fukunaga. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Was Is he just only doing TV now? This is a TV show, right? Uh, it's Yeah, I think it's like a limited series. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. I got to find. What where, is it about? It's right there. Where the yeah. mic is. Yeah. It's about uh, turn it. Jonah Hill and uh, Emma Stone are patients in some kind of uh, drug testing uh, lab headed by Justin Thoreau. Hmm. And uh, they start to like take drugs and get into weird hallucinatory situations. Yeah. And that's kind of all all I can figure out yeah. at this point, yeah. which, you know, makes it look interesting. It reminded me a lot of like it seemed like something Michelle Gondry would have done like 20 years ago, which isn't good necessarily, <laughs> but also because I mean it's just like because it seems tired and old, but at the same time he's not doing that anymore, so maybe somebody else right. can come around and do it. it. Doesn't seem like anything Carrie Fukunaga has ever done either, though. No, way out of true, his wheelhouse. True Detective, his last big thing. Uh, he did um, Beasts of No Nation, the Netflix original, the first Netflix original oh, movie yeah, yeah. about the child soldiers in Africa. That's right. Elba, which was good. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. And uh, did you see it? No, no, you should I watch not. it. It's all right. But yeah, that was. I think that's the last kind of. I think he might be. He may or may not be involved somehow. Maybe just producing the new, the newest season of True Detective with Mahershala Ali and whoever the fuck else they got to be in it. Whatever low rent recent Oscar winner they got. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking discount, <laughs> discount Ben Oscar winners. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited about it. I was excited when. Uh, when they announced season three, they said that um, Jeremy Saulnier was going to direct a bunch of the episodes who directed Blue Ruin and Green Room. Yeah. That was very exciting. But then he dropped out. So I don't, uh, I don't know if he directed he working any on anything new? He out. He's got a movie coming out, or is one that he's working on. I forget what it's called. But, uh, yeah. So that's uh, Maniac. I'll be watching it. Well, unless they just it's the shittiest reviews but well, i'll check it out regardless i think it's interesting to see uh jonah hill at his absolute thinnest <laughs> okay so p- yeah apparently jeremy Saulnier still directed two of the episodes that are coming up hmm. he's got another movie coming out called hold the dark which uh is starring alexander skarsgård and riley keogh and jeffrey wright and it says after the deaths of three children suspected to be by wolves 
writer, writer Russell Kaur is hired by the parents of the missing six-year-old boy to track down and locate the wolves and kill them. So that could be good. I don't know. I like Saulnier. Whatever he does, I'm on board. Uh, Fahrenheit 11.9 is the new documentary from Michael, Michael Moore. Moore. Jesus Christ. Famed director <laughs> of Fahrenheit 9-11. He would be so upset to know that you forgot his name. I didn't forget his name. I love Michael Moore. He, put, he puts <laughs> his name in front of everything so that you won't forget. Oh. <laughs> now, are you, a, are you not a fan of Michael Moore, John? No. I mean, I'm, no, not, a, not? I'm not a fan okay. of him. I mean, I tend to agree with everything he says. Okay. But he really... He really tries to get me to dislike him when he's saying it. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of like the put yourself front and center of your documentary thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he just doesn't shut up during his documentaries. Are there any of them that you do uh, like? Um, or is that just a problem in all of them? Bowling for Columbine's probably been my favorite of them. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the best one. And also, like, I, I, watch, I watch them all. Yeah, of course. Uh, Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I think I like the uh, the healthcare one more than Fahrenheit 9/11. It's been a while since I've seen Sicko. Thank you. Um, Me too. Since I can remember the name. I hate I hated capitalism, but I don't. I need to rewatch it. I do own it. I haven't seen that one. It's the only one I haven't seen. Fahrenheit 9/11. I saw twice in the theater when it came out. I was really blown away by it at the time, but I rewatched it. I think out of context. When you watch it now, and it, you know all these people are out of power now, it doesn't really matter and it's uh, a lot less impactful you don't really give a fuck about any of it because shit's way worse now exactly <laughs> which is why i think that fahrenheit 11.9 could be really interesting if it's the same kind of uh, expose if he gets you know similarly striking information you know, it kind of like freaked me out though watching the trailer i was like i don't know if i want to see this in the theater oh you're afraid like a gunman will shoot I, I, I mean i don't want to say that but it's like right wing gunman i don't know dude like this looks like it's like trying to trigger people and it's like, I don't know. We are crazier. People are crazier. Now. People are crazier. Yeah. So, yeah Some agree. Alex Jones listening motherfucker is going to like see this trailer and go, I'm, I'm going to shoot that right. shit up. There's uh, even that clip in the trailer of like yeah. someone saying, if you impeach him now, there will be like riots yeah. in the yeah, streets. That's Roger Stone talking, his uh, campaign manager. So yeah, he's yeah. guy's insane. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of my take on that. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> Uh, to an extent, and that is a fear for sure. I mean, I felt uh, I f- I thought about that when we saw Black Klansman. Yeah, I, I, I mean, agree. It's, yeah, because it, it's a very polarizing subject. With, Every, yeah, you know, half of our we'll talk about that, that in a little bit. But uh, just an insane, same thing to say. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm 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 still looking forward to the film. I uh, hope it's scathing, and I hope that it does what he thinks it's going to do, which is sway the midterm elections. But um, I doubt it will have any effect whatsoever. Uh, did you guys Probably watch not. the trailer for Escape at Danamora? Fuck, Jonathan. What? Dude, you got to text me this shit. We have. Oh, we got, you got to visit the website. <laughs> this is such a good advertisement for our website that one of our co-hosts doesn't even <laughs> visit the website ever. Uh, this is the new limited series directed by Ben Stiller, mm. which is not comedic at all, uh, starring Benicio Del Toro, Paul Dano, and Patricia Arquette. As real life people, uh, two of which were prisoners at a uh, prison in upstate New York, and they escaped with the help of Patricia Arquette's character, who is a prison guard. And she's in like a, she's in like a, a monster makeup situation. Oh yeah, like it, like the movie Monster, Charlize mm. Theron. 
I did not recognize her for at least half of the trailer the first time I watched it. I was like, I don't know who this lady is. <laughs> just just I, waiting for the star to show up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, there it was. She's Patricia Arquette. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, very excited for, honestly, just excited for the whole thing. But I really... Sounds great. I love Del Toro and yeah. I love Dano. <laughs> and I, I know Dano gets a lot of shit, but I, I think he's great. So I'm looking forward to it. They both look the part. I read the entire Wikipedia page about this actual <laughs> event, and uh, it sounds fantastic. This is only a few years old. Yeah, right? this is like 2013 or something. Yeah, oh, so wow. It's like really recent. Um, so, yeah, it looks looking looking pretty good, and I highly recommend that everybody, including our own co-host, Jonathan, go check out the trailer immediately. I'm it's like on, the listener. I haven't heard of this stuff. Exactly. It's You're the, you're the <laughs> listener's proxy on the show. It's going to be your Ellen Page in uh, yeah in uh, Inception. I'm here to guide you <laughs> through the plot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be on Showtime. I think it's coming out next year, actually. But um, yeah, very very excited about this. So that's uh, all the trailers. Unless you guys want to discuss Green Book real quick, the Green Book trailer uh, starring uh, Discount Oscar winner Mahershala Ali, as well oh, as come a on. Viggo Mortensen. No, he, he's, I, I, he's fine. Are not, they, are at they, this point, that's not fair. Yet. I liked him. Is this movie going out of its way, like just way out of its way to make Viggo Mortensen seem like a complete fucking moron? Uh, I think, I think so. like he that's seems like he's character. like in, incapable of like doing anything yeah, in this trailer. That's the character. I mean, like, he's like a doofus from the Bronx. It's or hard whatever, to watch because right? I like, it, like, like So I mean, in this movie where Viggo Mortensen will drive a piano playing Mahershala Ali through the deep south yeah. on a concert tour, it's like it's got the driving Miss Daisy thing going on. It's got the uh, with the, the race. It's got the like slobs versus snobs, rich versus poor, mm-hmm. uh, and you know smart versus dumb. And it's, uh, it's just like throwing every fucking cliche it can at the wall and just seeing which ones will yell at more and um, I'm, I'm tempted to go all of them seems a little unsubtle no <laughs> a little, right just right? a touch a and it makes sense when you find out who directed it I actually don't know who? Peter Ferrelli of the Ferrelli brothers wow. his soul directing debut like stuck on you yeah and like dumb and dumber wow so it makes sense that he doesn't know how to be subtle because he's used to directing gross out comedies, you know, which are some of which are very funny. But, uh, you know, this is clearly uh, working in a space that is just hideous. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't this be great as as a, a comedy? comedy? <laughs> I mean, like, I... <laughs> it almost seems like it's like a premise for one of their comedies. It does. Like... Except for the, all the racism. That's, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like. Which is, but even that, like that would be ballsy to make it like a like a broad comedy, but Uh, include the racism. That's intense because they tend to get uh, like in their films they have these high emotional moments, even in the stupidest ones like Dumb and Dumber, and they still have these moments of like, well, it's their themes of friendship and things like that that are there, but uh, they don't have the balls to do that. They want an Oscar, or Peter wants an Oscar, so he's done. I, I, well, you know, they got an Oscar for Drive Miss Daisy, so who knows. Who knows what will happen? Multiple Oscars. Uh, so yeah, did you know? Did you know that Hans Zimmer did the score for Driving Miss Daisy? <laughs> I did not. No, <laughs> Isn't that insane. He's he's he the ultimate sellout. I don't think he did. I think his first Oscar was in one for Lion King. Which he did I, the Lion King? Yeah. <laughs> he's so nuts? fucking random. Yeah. Then he did the Thin Red Line. <laughs> like what the fuck? Well, he's just like the go-to guy back yeah, then. I mean, he was. He's just a German. He's still the go-to guy. Machine. I don't actually know that he's German. His name is he's German. Okay. He's he's definitely. German. He did the Rain Man score too, which was horrible, <laughs> absolutely horrible. But um, 
you, you know. know, when you're cranking out like six large pieces of music a year, they can't all be good. As I understand it, he has like a team that works with him, though he doesn't even compose most of the shit himself. Like it's, he just puts it's his approval sad on that it. that's probably just the Hollywood standard. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's why I like uh, when things are scored by like people who aren't traditionally composers. Like, um, well, just like whenever Under the Skin came out and, uh, what is it, Mika or Micah? Mika, Mika Levy. Mika Levy. She's great. Yeah. It's her first score, and I think she's only done like three since then. So, uh, and you know, other people. Peter Peter Gabriel doing the uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Neil Young doing Dead Man. Did Hans Zimmer do the score for uh, the Green Book? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I doubt it. <laughs> I think he's a little too big for that. Yeah, he's like uh, he gotten more like I don't know, serious. Is it called? Oh, it's called. It's just. It's just Green Book, not oh, the. Sorry, get your shit together. Sorry, Green Book. He's out there. Oh, Linda Cardellini's in this too from Freaks and Geeks. What? <laughs> Still getting work. Yeah, she was. Uh, she did something recently, didn't she? It was like a big deal. Like uh, she was in Mad Men for a little bit. She did. Uh, should Scooby Doo? Yeah, <laughs> Scooby Doo. Uh, Chris Bowers did the music for Green Book. He also worked on Dear White People. Um, I, so I mean, I don't, yeah, I guess this is the, like mo- the movie or TV show. The movie. No, the TV show. I'm sorry, the TV <laughs> show. I, I haven't seen that. I've heard it's great. The show? Yeah, I haven't seen. I've heard that. It's a good I, show. I wanted to see the movie. I just sorry. never got around to it. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's that. Move on to what we watched? Sure. Yeah. Should we start with uh, my homework? My homework yeah. assignment? So uh, last week, if you recall, if you were listening, uh, JR lost the star rating battle to decide what I would have given the deep dive from the week previous when I was absent from the show for the movie... Man without a face. What's it called? <laughs> what is it called? Jesus Christ. What is it called? I don't know. <laughs> the face, the of, face another. of another. The face yeah. of another. Thank you. Uh, yeah, he lost it, so I got to assign him a film, and that film was Searching for Bobby Fisher, Steve's Aliens, uh, mm. just insta classic. <laughs> when it started, I, I was so sure that I was gonna just hate it. And I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was just like there's like some just like late 80s early 90s shit just like ugh, it's like ugly like oh, we're in we're in new york playing chess like oh fuck this every 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 new york's movie's got like a yeah. chess scene you're just sure. gonna be 120 minutes of chess in the park scenes Absolutely. Like, fuck this. <laughs> and then and it wasn't that it's uh it's a good movie yeah it's a good movie yes yeah. yeah it's not a, it's not a great movie that's almost <laughs> great. it's veering on it's it's on the edge of greatness i think it's uh <laughs> it's it's attention is divided like it, it wants to make the main bobby no not the, what the fuck's the kid's name josh sure i don't remember I, I, yeah josh i didn't it wants to make, i wanted to rewatch this but yeah. i didn't download it in a time it's like it wants to make josh the main character and like you know follow his journey but i think it kind of ends up making his dad joe montagna the main character mm. kind of where like it's it's about how Joe Mantegna is pushing him. He wants him to be like this cutthroat chess guy. And he has to accept that his son isn't going to be that and then be happy for what his son is, which is just like a once-in-a-lifetime talent. So uh, I loved all the scenes with crazy fucking parents. 
like yeah. William H Macy in that. <laughs> like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a sandwich. Can I get you a sandwich? Our kids are playing. Can I get you a sandwich? It was, just, it was, <laughs> it was great. And then uh, what's the guy? I Lawrence can't remember. Fishburne? No, the other parent. Ben Kings? Oh, I'm, the, the other dad. parent. Oh, I don't even know. Is the guy? He's in uh, David Paymer. David oh, okay, Paymer. yeah, yeah. He was, you know, he's he was nice uh, in the in the few scenes he had. Uh, I don't. I didn't like the mom. I don't like. I like Diane. You know I didn't what I like just, her in this. What I just realized uh, when you said William H Macy, I'd forgotten he was in this, but he and uh, Joe Montana are like both mammoth guys. They were yeah. in Homicide together. I forgot about that. Which is what a year before this or a year after? Yeah, that? ninety. No, maybe a couple. When is this? Ninety two. Ninety three. Yeah, I think it's in ninety one. It's homicide, okay. but yeah. Yeah, there's there's a an in, there's like a, the evil kid chess player. Yeah, like introduced like over halfway through the movie, and the way he is introduced, like he never smiles. The camera like zooms <laughs> up on him, and he's just like this dead eyed killer eight year old. It's yeah. just hilarious. The music swells. His line, trick was, or treat. <laughs> It wow. was it was like, it was a scene out of a different movie yeah. of, of killer <laughs> children. <laughs> like very strange. Uh, I like all that stuff. I think I really like the. I, I think that whole rivalry works with them because it's like, uh, like it's, it is it is ridiculous. I agree, but and I agree. It feels like it's from a different film, but it like the tension works for me. I don't know. It generally like I feel affected yeah. by it. I'm like, oh man, you know, <laughs> what's gonna happen? I really, you know, I think this is like a. It's like a really well-made crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. There are some really good scenes, like when Josh and his dad play chess in the beginning, and his dad doesn't realize that his son is letting him win. And then <laughs> they proceed to play chess over the course of a whole evening because Joe Mantegna is like analyzing every move and to he's death, just, and, and he's just the, running around the house. The child's like <laughs> playing with his toys, and like every half hour comes down to like just move move his thing and like yells checkmate from the li- the living room at one point. It's uh. It's good. It's good stuff. Uh, it's a uh, it's a three point seven five. All right, I'm, and I was I was happy to <laughs> happy to finally see this. All right, good, good. That was a success. And later in the episode, we'll uh, play a little bit of trivia and see who wins and who will uh, be giving someone else a film to watch. I'm gonna lose. So <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, let's move on. Uh, Black Klansman, shall we? Sure. Yeah. So Jonathan and I saw Black Klansman last weekend. Have you seen this yet? Not yet. Okay, this is the new Spike Lee film uh, starring Denzel Washington's son. Did you realize this? No, I didn't. It's his son. And, uh, wow. Yeah. And uh, Adam yeah, Driver and a bunch of other people. Oh, a Topher Grace. Very memorable performance from Topher Grace as the Grand Wizard of the KKK, David Duke. Uh, what did you think of Black Klansman, Jonathan? It was fantastic. Um, I thought about it a lot after I watched it, and uh, my rating's not high enough. Yeah, uh, I agree. <laughs> there's no, but it's like there is there is so much going on in this movie, and uh, just like the opening scene, it, that, that's from uh, what movie is that from? Oh, uh, Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. It opens with a scene from Gone the yeah. Gone with the Wind. <laughs> You're literally watching a scene from Gone with the Wind at the beginning. I'm sorry, I don't like this movie now. <laughs> It's fucking amazing, and uh, there's just those little like flourishes that he d- does, and like like when they're in the hallway, and it's just like they're like on a track. Yeah, that's that's a that's a staple. He does that yeah. in all of his movies. That yeah, shit's amazing. And he used it. That, I think honestly, this is the movie that I've the, where he used that to the greatest effect. Like yeah. that that aesthetic choice to make them floating at that point worked so well and was so like une- like 
uneasy and disturbing and uh, yeah it just was really really great i really feel like he just did not hold anything back like it's just there like the racism is very real mm-hmm. and extreme and hard to watch mm-hmm. um i think my only real problem with it is i mean i'm not really sure how the actual story went but at a certain point some characters get their due i guess and then they mm-hmm. get killed mm-hmm. and i thought that was a little ridiculous i don't know it's like a little the uh, way they die is a little over the top sure but uh other than that i just i can't really find any f- problems i don't look at, well okay so yeah yeah about <laughs> about that particular situation i feel like the movie is definitely not working in a in the reality of the time or like the reality yeah. of earth yeah <laughs> it's like i mean it's essentially i mean it's like a cartoon but yeah. it's a uh, it's meant to represent what was happening at the time you know and things that are and things that are still happening today and so when that happens i just feel like that was just their way of saying you know here's uh they don't those people who are bad don't get their comeuppance from the good people yeah they get it from themselves right in a way so it's like i get that but like i i kind of wanted to laugh and you know what I mean? Sure. Like, and it's just like, eh. I think it. Wa- I think I kind of want yeah. it to be a little more serious. I think the tone of the movie is, if anything's problematic, it's like the the tone of it is like very comedic at certain points. And I mean, which through is, a lot of which it, is you know? fine. But then you have scenes with uh, I forgot the guy's the guy's name. Um, he's like sitting. It's the scene with the all, all the all the people are in the room, and he's like uh, telling the story of uh, Birth of a Nation. Oh yeah, who the, is that? The old, the old. He's somebody. Guy? He's somebody is famous. He somebody, though. I don't know. It's like a is. famous. I, thought, I assumed he was. I was like, clear. This guy is not an actor. He's just like somebody telling his um, actual story, right? Yeah, now. that was like tear jerking, like that story yeah. he's telling. Oh yeah, and it's just followed up by like comedy and just I, I don't know. It's just yeah, I mean, it's kind of strange yeah, being in. It's kind of strange being in the same movie. But they cut it. I like the way they cut it with the um, like the clans doing the same. Yeah, you know, like watching that movie yeah. and you know, enjoying, you know, really getting like super into it which was disturbing also um i yeah i i liked it a lot too uh i think it's like easily spike lee's best movie in i don't know 20 years (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i mean honestly i think it's better than anything he's made since like harry belafonte i really liked uh Yeah, oh, I, I mean, I love Malcolm X. I think like I like Clockers a lot, and that's after that. So uh, maybe you know Clockers, but and I mean, I love. I don't get me wrong. Like I like Inside Man a lot, and I like Twenty uh, Fifth Hour's great. But like this is clearly like it's got something. It's better than to Old say, Boy. Or, yeah, it's better than <laughs> Old Boy. His remake of Old Boy. Um, I forgot about that. What one. was that? What, didn't he do a Thank World you. War Two movie? Yeah, the Miracle uh, of Saint Anne's. Yeah, that's the only I haven't seen it. Was I that good? The first 10 that was horribly reviewed when it came out. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm. I watched 10 I minutes of it and turned it off. I remember 25th hour. Me. That was pretty good. Huh? I like 25th hour. 25th yeah, hour was yeah. good. Uh, this, uh, I liked Adam driver a lot in this. Yeah. I would say the, I would yeah. say like, that's, that's a criticism that I would understand if somebody came out and said like, this movie focuses too much on white people. Like it's, it is Adam driver kind of takes center stage. A lot. Yeah. In this movie. Someone did a do little that. savior. Sure. Oh, yes. Boots, Boots Riley. Now see Boots Riley. Okay. We can talk about his criticisms. Did I you didn't. read this? No. Okay. Boots Riley is the, the director of, uh, sorry to bother you. The movie yeah. about the guy from, which you promised whatever. you would never see. Right? I don't want to see it. No, okay. at all. I, Why? This doesn't change. It just looks like shit to me. I don't oh, understand okay. it. It looks like, uh, you know, you know, when we watched the double, 
No. With Jesse Eisenberg? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It looks like that to me. And like, I'm not interested. Yeah, in okay. <laughs> like, I don't want to see these, like, Brazil ripoff movies. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Boots Riley came out against this film. But if you read his critique, it's, like, two pages long, and he doesn't talk about the film making once. Like, he talks about the the this is not the way things happened in, in, doesn't he, in the story. I think he throws a sentence in there, like, Spike Lee has like masterful craft or something like that. No, I'm, okay, that's fine. But I'm saying like, what what are you criticizing about the movie? You're criticizing the fact that the movie doesn't tell the story accurately. Like, what does the movie purport to tell the story accurately? Like, it's not. It's a movie. Like, movies changes. What movie is 100 percent historically accurate? You know what I mean? I'm pretty like, sure the story would probably be boring. I mean, like, I, I'm sure what what happened. Like him calling and then them sending the the agent or whatever to yeah. disguise it. That happened, but I, like sure. I'm sure it wasn't as crazy as i mean well it wasn't they said there was nothing like the thing we were talking about earlier about the them getting there yeah they said that never happened the bombing never happened i haven't seen Uh, this movie i just i read Mm. yeah so there's no bombing uh other things like david duke was is mad because he says he comes off like a buffoon in the film and And it's like i mean yeah you seem like (laughs) i I don't know just like why didn't you guys focus more on the racism you know there's plenty of that there there is there is david duke right 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 make me seem smarter but more racist I just have a problem with anybody coming out against a movie and like not talking about the movie. You know, like the movie is bad because it's not historically accurate. I mean, it's like, the so movie Braveheart sucks too. Like all these movies that are yeah in, not historically accurate are, are trash because I mean it's like I don't understand what the what the point is. What? I think that what Spike Lee is trying to do, he's trying to he's trying to make an entertaining movie for one, and then two, he's trying to get across a point, and I think he does both of those things like fantastically with this film. So. I mean, it's it's very stylized. Yeah, it is. But I mean, that's. I mean, so it's like. No, it's fine. I'm just yeah, saying. It's like, like sorry it's, to bother you. It's like the most. I mean, look at that. Like, what is that? Is this movie accurate? You know what I mean? It's like I. I just don't understand. Like what Boots Riley is. What the criticism is. And it's like he talks about in that letter too. He says Spike Lee is the reason I went to film school. It's almost like like he let him down or something. I'm like, well, I mean, what like what do you want him to so, do? He's just an artist he, making his statement. So by adding things like the bombing and things that make it more thrilling, he's he's adding entertainment value to make more money. And Boots Riley is like staunchly anti-capitalist, right? I guess is that is that what you think? I mean, isn't I don't that know. his thing? Oh, I don't, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any fucking idea what Boots Riley's thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I can kind of agree with that. Like the bombing, for personally, was it was cheesy. And then like there's another there's a scene towards the end where another cop gets his comeuppance, and it's like, eh, like I don't know. It's like oh, that racist guy yeah, caught this things, thing. It's like it's just kind of yeah. Weird. But those things are just ways to wrap up storylines. I agree. Like, how else do you wrap? Like, yeah. would you rather those everybody gets away with it? Like, I mean, no, I, you know, no, I, not at all. But it's like bad guys. They have to. Life. They have yeah, exactly. to. I agree. But this is not, again. This is not real life. This is a cartoon. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, but see, saying that it's a cartoon. But then you have these scenes, like we said yeah. with with the Harry, Harry Belafonte or whatever. Like that shit is like disturbing. That's where the truth is coming is coming through the cartoon though. If you watch, yeah. it, I mean, watch a, uh, uh, I mean, there are there are movies that are cartoons. Look at, uh, I mean, not not to, not to like get into this, but like uh, just a ridiculous example. But like the uh, <laughs> the Disney movie with uh, Jason Bateman as the fox or whatever. What's that movie where they're uh, Zoo? Yeah, Zootopia, right? Yeah, I mean that. This is a movie I haven't seen. Zoo's I've the seen, movie about the guy I've that fucks seen, the horse. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen, seen it. Yeah, right, right. I've seen most of it uh, with my kids at school. Yeah, and I mean it's clearly got a message about race and classicism well, and things well, like that. That's not. 
feels it feels a bit muddled. It is muddled. I'm not talking about like the movie's okay. greater. I'm just saying like it has a it ha- it's getting across a point. But this you mo- don't have to take Black, you don't, Black Klansman is showing you pictures of a charred dead corpse. Yes, you know what I mean. Like it's not this is not a cartoon during that part. During that, but part. then the next scene is a fucking cartoon. Sure. And it's but like, the cart- I don't know. But, but, you, but a cartoon is not a pejorative. Cartoon is not to say it's it's worthless because it's a cartoon. No, not It's at all. worthless because Michael Buscemi has a funny line in the movie. Like, yeah. that doesn't make it I don't want to, like, powerful. wallow in the depression of this film or something. Right. But it's like, it, it doesn't it's make like, it less It doesn't make it was just it less jarring. impactful. It was jarring. Oh, that, so yeah, he, that's fine. That's a criticism <laughs> that is legitimate to yeah. say that it's jarring and that it's thematically inconsistent or that it's tonally inconsistent. That's not what Boots Riley is saying. And is he trying to add? So is it, is it like, awkward addition of gravity? Is something that feels I don't know. I don't think so because the whole no. movie is dealing, the whole movie is dealing with the 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 scourge of racism that exists. Those scenes are extremely powerful. Yeah, like they're really really powerful. They're, they're almost I would say they're a little <laughs> bit manipulative, especially the the last the last bit where they show the actual footage of the Charlottesville riots and everything. It's, it's yeah. It's emotionally affecting, but it's also manipulative. But I don't have a I don't necessarily have a problem with it because I was affected by it. And I was like, this is you know. This is extreme, but it's like it's not. It's not. He's not wrong. I mean, know? the whole the, like, I, I, the whole point of the movie is really David Duke. It's like David Duke took racism and made it you know commonplace. You yeah. don't wear the hoods. You just you're just a fucking racist and you're a corporate businessman or something. You know what I mean? And it's like that's the whole movie, and like that shit's coming back now. Like it's it's oh, yeah. this movie is extremely current. So it's like I don't know to criticize it. I don't know to criticize it. Well, it's like it's like Boots Riley. You can criticize s- it, but he also seemed to have an issue with uh with the 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 guy whatever his name was. Um, oh fuck, I got his name right here. Uh, Ron Stallworth. He said Ron Stallworth is just as bad as the racist or whatever. Like he's he doesn't like Ron Stallworth. He, he's he's like the Bruce Riley comes off like the girl in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she hates him because he's a he's a pig, right? Well, he is a pig. Well, that's fine. He's a pig. <laughs> I agree he's a pig, but like he's 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 uh he's trying to do something. Like he was like Bruce Riley said that he wasn't trying. He didn't he's like he's like this movie gives off the appearance that Ron Stallworth or anybody in the police department there gave a shit about racism when they didn't. It's like that's okay. So like it's revisionist that's history. True. That's fine. I mean, but in this movie, the Ron <laughs> Stallworth played by John David Washington does care about racism. That's what the movie is. And so, I mean, in real life, he did do these things. Yeah. Like there just wasn't explosions. I don't know. Like, yeah, he I actually did these things. So it's he was trying. Have a discussion. It's pretty obvious he was trying. One on one boots. If you're listening, just uh, get in touch with us. Feedback at filmyacpodcast.com. <laughs> I did like that at the beginning though the uh, the Black Panther scene, and then like I like that like. He had to go in as a undercover. I, I oh, thought yeah. that was cool. How do you feel about Alec Baldwin in it? <coughs> that ruled. I don't know. That was crazy. Spoiler alert. Oh, well, he's no, it's the first three. First scene. Oh, second scene. <laughs> he's uh, he's amazing in it, and he's in he's his cameos in the first scene. But he's really, really interesting and just a great, great stuff. Uh, yeah, I think the movie is uh, definitely see it phenomenal, and uh, yeah, highly recommend it. And uh, you know, it's stuff like this that it's like. You know, if the Oscars were legit, this is the kind of thing that would be, you know, nominated. He would get nominations, and uh, it's released during the wrong time of year. Exactly, so it would, it would only qualify for most popular movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I give it a four and a half. I gave it a four. Sure. <coughs> um, guess I'll talk about my first of two Steve Zahn movies. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> I met Steve Zahn in New Orleans once. No, at a uh, show. Remember that show we went to, the Holiday Surprise Tour? Was that Elephant it? Six? Yeah. He was oh, filming Treme. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. My girlfriend at the time, her back started hurting, and she wanted to go out in the lobby and sit. Steve's on. So I had to follow her out there. I was so pissed, too, because I was just like, I want to see the show. Like, And then during that part was the part where they were like asking for requests, and you were like, how come nobody said Sid Barrett? Yeah. And then I was like, how come you didn't say Sid Barrett? You know. Like, anyway, went out there. Steve Zahn was out there, and I told him how much I liked him in uh, Rescue Dawn. Cool. Yeah. And I told him Herzog rules. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like I've been at my most selfish and terrible at certain music concerts. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. Like my wife was stuck in like a layover in Japan and didn't have like cell phone data to call like the airline. Like she was stuck for almost 24 hours. But I was at a concert and <laughs> she's like texting me and I'm like, "Do I have to do this now?" <laughs> she was like, "Yes, you have to try and get me out of Japan now." <laughs> So. What show was it? It was uh, Lucero. It's like a, a kind of country country punk rock band. No, no. Okay, yeah. you leave that, no problem, right? That shit no, sucks. Were, <laughs> I mean that that saying those words out loud. Yes, they suck, but <laughs> they're great. They're great. Okay, so uh, watch Lean on Pete, which is oh. uh, Andrew Hayes or Hi. The French director's uh, Hague, latest movie, but I don't, Maybe, is it, I don't know. It's got an H on the end, right? The hog. Yeah. It's H A I G H. Yeah. So that extra <laughs> H really confuses things yeah. for me. So it's like a boy gets a job with a horse trainer. He's got a shitty life. He's poor. His dad doesn't give a shit about him. And uh, then when they're about to slaughter that horse, uh, he runs off with it. And uh, they have a very quiet and emotionally brutal uh, adventure together. And uh, it's a this is a this is a tough one. Is Steve's on the father? No. This uh, <laughs> everybody else in the cast basically just puts in like a, a four minute cameo appearance, like Steve Buscemi mm-hmm. and uh, Steve Zahn and whoever plays the dad, I forget, and uh, Chloe Sevigny, who oh. works with Steve Buscemi. But everyone else rotates in and out of the movie. Steve Zahn is a homeless man who helps out. Uh, this kid Charlie Plummer. Oh, Charlie Plummer, uh, from uh, All the Money in the World. He was the guy who got kidnapped yeah. in that movie. He is a. I hate his face. Yeah, he's so, <laughs> he's, he's a weird, so weird much. looking guy. Yeah, yeah. he lo- he reminds me of um, who's the guy who's who won the Oscar for playing Hawking. He's got like a fish uh, face thing going. Eddie on. Eddie Redman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like the weird lips and the weird. Cheekbone structure. I, don't I know. can't stand yeah, him. I don't, I don't know. know. Plumber might look weirder <laughs> to me than than Redman, but this um, you know, it's a it's a beautiful movie. It's a uh, it's a little boring in the middle. It's very quiet, but it is a uh, it's worth it is worth worth a watch for just a few scenes that I, I won't spoil here. But please don't. I, I yeah, I feel like I've heard I've heard this title before. Yeah, it was in theaters in in here? March or April here for a minute. Yeah. I feel like I, just, I don't think I ever even saw a trailer or anything. For so this. I this I saw just a shit ton of trailers for this and really? in the theater, which is why it was on my radar. And I've never seen anything uh, from this fellow. I heard I've heard good things about Weekend. And, Weekend uh, and Forty Five Years are both right. quite good. I uh, will. This is probably his worst movie that I've seen. Oh, but bummer. it's still good. Still though. good. What'd you give it? Three and a half. Oh, he directed. Oh, that's not a good uh, boost for him. He directed <laughs> all the looking episodes and the looking movie. Look, so I, I heard the looking was good. It's well, I watch me and my wife watched the first episode and we were very unimpressed with it. Uh, 
from a completely aesthetic point of view like it just we felt like it i don't know i I remember thinking like it wasn't shot terribly well the acting was kind of piss poor and the plot was very like meandering and kind of i don't know it just didn't work we were expecting it to be like the gay version of girls or something and it's like (laughs) it kind of wasn't i don't know so i would this is a meandering plot i think uh weekend by definition does not have a it's mostly a two people talking movie. I don't mind that but, with a movie. Yeah, with ten with ten hours of episodes. You know what I mean? Right. Like I need a little something going on here. <laughs> but all all of his movies that I've seen, I haven't seen Looking the movie. They're all beautiful. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I'll be sure to look look at this one and possibly. I've been wanting to see Weekend for a long time, so uh, it's on Criterion. It's on Criterion. That's right. Jonathan, you got something else? What did you give Leon Pete? <laughs> three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. I uh, watched a Netflix documentary called "The Most Unknown." Uh, it's about nine scientists who just travel around the world and do science stuff. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> together, or no? Okay, like so, it'll follow. It starts and it like follows this one scientist, and she's like a cave diver, like biologist, and she's in this cave, whatever. And um, then she goes and travels to somewhere else and meets this other scientist. And then that scientist that she met travel somewhere else and meets another scientist and it does this like nine times um it's pretty cool you get to see you know caves and the bottom of the ocean and atomic clocks and all kinds of crazy stuff but is, uh is herzog in this no he's not he should have been uh but it's he's such, it, such a scientist it's, herzog. <laughs> it's incredibly surface level and there's just there's really not a lot to it um yeah it was uh it's like an hour and a half just I, I saw your rating and I was like, it seems like it's right up your alley. Yeah, it's like it seems like it would be really good, but it, it's just super surface level and yeah, I don't know, it just doesn't really go into anything. It's at all. funny that you say surface level because I was talking to uh, Nicole about, um, oh fuck, man, there was some movie that you had given a high rating to, and uh, the core. No, 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 no. It was it was like a, <laughs> it was like a philosophically rich film, and you had given a high rating to it. And uh, I and she was like, "How come he likes that movie so much?" And I said, "It's probably because of like the philosophical ideas and stuff like that in it." And he, she goes, "How come he didn't like Ghost Story?" Then Ghost Story has all the philosophical ideas. And I was like, "Yeah, but I was like, he would probably say those are all surface level ideas, and that, and that he doesn't like the filmmaking in it because it, it frames it with this, the eight millimeter it's a Radiohead uh, music video. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Radiohead music video. Yeah, it's funny that you say surface level. Have you seen Expedition to the End of the World?" Uh, not the Herzog film, uh, whatever encounters at the end of the world. This is a different documentary. No, it's, uh, I haven't Antarctica? seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's not about Antarctica. It's, uh, huh. it's the plot synopsis synopsis is a grand and adventurous journey of discovery to the last white areas of the world map. But no matter how far we go and how hard we try to find answers, we ultimately meet ourselves. This is a terrible like uh, white discussion people? of it. White no. <laughs> I think it means uh, un, like un, the whitest areas. Undiscovered areas yeah, yeah, yeah. or un, uncharted areas. But uh, it's about these guys, these uh, scientists and philosophers and mathematicians who mm. go on this, if you can see this, uh, this old-timey sailing ship, and they go around the world to these. And then they, and I, as I understand it, they huh. just like have heady discussions the whole film. It's a uh, cool. documentary, so... Might be something to yeah, but anyway, out. this this thing was all right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just there is this one part though. That, uh, he one of the scientists goes and sees a uh, the psych psychiatrist, PhD or whatever, and he he's like he, he like puts this like brain mapping thing on him, and then he like ends up controlling this arm with his mind. Oh, I was like, that's cool. pretty cool. That is really cool. But uh, yeah, that's legit. Like you can do that. 
it happened. You put on know. a helmet and can control something with your yeah. mind? Yeah. That's fucked. <laughs> electricity. Some sci-fi shit. Brain produces electricity. So. That is true. What'd you um, give this? Two and a half. It was all right. <clears throat> well, uh, you know, you've been watching these, uh, you know, very intellectual uh, documentaries, and I, I wanted to join you with that, so I watched Hardcore Henry <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> uh, I, I really did want to see this when it came out. You, uh, you should watch it. I'm not. Is it not bad? Don't, don't, uh, don't let my rating uh, put you off you, of it. You gave like a two, two and, and a half. half. It's not good. I mean, that's like middle of the road. It's not good. That's better than I would have thought. But it's well. It, <laughs> have you seen it? Jim? No. It has uh, <laughs> things going for it. Uh, it just is, seems so over the top. It's like a, the isn't it just a, like a video game. Yeah. Like they try to film uh, it like it's just a video game. Well, it's all, it's all in first person. It, it's a lot like uh, if you watch um, the first five minutes of uh, Strange Days, Catherine Bigelow film. Uh, they he she does this what they're that's, trying to do, but that's like only five minutes, but like way better. And because uh, <laughs> hmm. it looks amazing because it's being shot on thirty five millimeter film. This is being shot with GoPros, and it looks like it's shot with oh, GoPros. No. <laughs> and there is uh, unfortunately quite a bit of like CG gun hits and things like that. But it you know it's like well I mean what are you gonna do you know they're gonna like I mean the the the, the act the actor is the cameraman and he's in the action like how you know there's no other way to get around that. But uh, aside from that. And the story is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> it's just so stupid. And I can only imagine. It's got like sci-fi elements to it, and uh, hard. Henry is a uh, is a person who was uh, dead or something, and they brought him back to life and like robocopped him, like put new arms and legs on him, and he's on a mission to save his girlfriend. Do you ever see him? <clears throat> you see a reflection of him for like four seconds at one point, mm. and uh, he's a, he's on a mission to uh, rescue his girlfriend from a psychic uh, villain who can like push him back with the force or whatever his mind and uh he's like swedish so he's got this creepy accent he's like albino so if this wasn't in first person it would just be complete trash no i would say uh if it wasn't in first person and they and you lose all the cg i would actually probably bump it up a star but um okay because i think the first person gets extremely tiring after a while like you're was it kind of headache inducing or is it it would be probably if you like watched it IMAX 3D Netflix was fine yeah. yeah there are parts of it where you're just like yeah it's moving around too much but I think for the most part they do okay with that the issues that I have with it are like beyond that are like just I mean it just gets like I say it just gets really old and it's just the same thing over and over again it's like I'm like shooting people and throwing grenades and yeah it's like I'd rather just play Far Cry you know what I mean but uh, yeah, I mean yeah. But there is a scene; it kind of almost like redeems itself a little bit at the end. There's a great uh, scene of him fighting hand to hand with like 25 guys at the end and on on a rooftop, and it's pretty well done. And uh, I would say that kind of brings it all back a little bit. It was going on for like a one before that happened. <laughs> so, so just cut out the rest of the movie and just have that scene. Really, if you can just YouTube, YouTube that scene, cool. it's a good scene. Uh, it lasts a long time and it's just him fighting guys. They're all in white. So there's just like blood everywhere and blood gets all over the cameras and he like wipes it away. And it's, I don't know, I think it's all right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I gave it a two and a half. I mean, overall, I think it's a, it's a g- interesting experiment, but it, yeah, yeah. never yeah. wanted to look at it again. JR. All right, so I watched uh, what seems to be like a minted fantasy, not fantasy, minted uh, rom-com classic, You've Got Mail, mm. starring a uh, right. Steve Zahn without facial hair. 
and also oh. in supporting Tom Hanks and uh, Meg Ryan. Um, Tom Hanks is an asshole, and he gets the girl. Fuck yeah! And the that end. sounds like a rom com. So <laughs> uh, he, you know, he like he shuts down a woman's business, and still convinces her to love him. It's a pretty, pretty good game he's got going. <laughs> She needs it. his money. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's it's a uh, yeah. This yeah. Is this a, it's a weird it's a weird story for such a like uh people pleasing rom-com, but yeah, Tom Cruise is just killing it and Meg Ryan is is pretty good and there's a weird digression about an old woman talking about how she fell in love with a fascist dictator in the 60s and <laughs> it's just it's just a, you know, it's a nice little, nice little trifle. Just sounds great. Have you well, seen this? Who, is this Nora Ephron? Yeah, it is. No, I've not seen this. I haven't seen. Uh, I saw Sleepless in Seattle in the theater when I was like six, so I don't remember shit about it. I haven't seen any of these uh, things like this. I saw when Harry Met Sally actually relatively recently since oh, I've wow. known since I've known my wife. So, um, and and didn't love it, but I'll tell you those the first scene when they're driving together. I don't know if you remember this when he gets in the car and they like he has like she has to drive him from his house to somewhere or something like that. <clears throat> And he's just like such a prick, Billy Crystal. That's the funniest shit I've ever seen. He's like <laughs> spitting sunflower seeds at her window. So it's, it's incredible. And this is, uh, I guess I didn't mention, this is called You've Got Mail because these people are uh, chatting On online. AOL. Like they met randomly, but then they meet in real life. It is and AOL, they, right? It is AOL. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing. It's you like the mean. audience knows who each person is uh-huh. before they do, but then Tom Hanks finds out first. And Tom Hanks is able to use that information for some prime emotional manipulation and he does Damn. it's like a it's the first catfishing movie i think nice yeah interesting it's a, it's a three out of five <laughs> solid I'll, I'll check it out I, I actually do want to see it I, I it's on hbo go right now you know it's so easy to watch things like that you know yeah it's probably it's it's half an hour too long i oh, remember really? is it two hours <laughs> yes oh, it brutal. is two hours brutal. it just shouldn't be that's the good thing about Hardcore Henry. It is under 90 minutes. So, uh, you know, it's good. good time. <laughs> All right. Um, Are you well, out? No, I watched, okay. I watched uh, First Reform. Oh. Two, like two whole movies. He two watched weeks. First Reform. I did. Paul Schrader's masterpiece. Go ahead. <laughs> what, how did you watch this? May I? Or is this illegal, nefarious means? Illegal. Okay. Um, <laughs> although I, I think sorry. it is now out. It's out to buy on. Uh, it's out to buy on iTunes, but you can't buy the, the Blu-ray's not out yet. It's not out till later. Yeah, I think next month actually. But. It's on Prime too for fifteen dollars. I, I almost bought it, but I was like, hey. I can't. <laughs> Just, you wishing you had now? I'm gonna buy the hard copy though. Oh, me too. Um, sure. This thing is a beast. Like this is <laughs> this is talk about just. I don't even know. Like it, I don't even know. This where to is start. the movie. This is the movie I was talking to Nicole about. She said, "Why did he get first reform such a high score?" That's what it was. That's what it was. Sorry. <laughs> this shit is. It's. It's current. Like it's like it's it's talking about current like events and like topics you know that are relevant, which is really great. And, but it's not like over the top. It's not cheesy. Like you 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 feel the you feel the characters and stuff. But it's like it's just it's so fucking dark. And like it's just unapologetic. Like this thing is just brutal, and it just doesn't seem like it's going to be like that at all. Like I, I thought I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen at all. I didn't read anything or any reviews or anything. Um, but Ethan Hawke, man, he's like, he is this character in this movie, and oh, yeah. uh, 
Yeah. I guess some backstory on this. Did you talk about this? I did. Last week? Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, couple weeks. Yeah, anyway, Ethan, Ethan Hawke is in charge of this like small church that's owned by a super church. Yeah. And he's mega just, church. yeah, mega church and uh, <laughs> super church. And he's, uh, he's just kind of relegated to just maintaining this kind of like gift shop. I think they, they name it in the, uh, the movie. And they, act, uh, they have a gift shop in the church. Right? Yeah. He sells t-shirts yeah. and hats and stuff. <laughs> And he, it's a uh, historical site. It's been there for like since like the 1700s or something. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this uh, environmental activist guy and his wife go to church one day, and like the wife wants the uh, Ethan Hawke to talk to the uh, to the environmental activist guy, and uh, so he ends up going to his house and like talking to him and stuff. And I thought that was a great scene. That's like, an amazing the, uh, scene. The, just the d- discussion. And I'm not. I'm not really going to talk about anything after this point, but. Sure. Uh, um, after this point, some things happen and they don't get to talk again. And, uh, I was bummed out about that because I like that first discussion. Was, you want to just, you want it to be a link later film. I really, I thought it was cause I was like, we got Ethan Hawke in this bitch. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, it could easily just be that. I was like, dude, that, I could watch like an hour of this yeah. like, easily. But, uh, that, I love the back and forth of like him challenging him on things and then him like trying to quote scripture. Yeah. To, like, come back. Against it was, it. <laughs> it was pretty great. And, uh, I love, it's really hard. I don't want to spoil this at all. No, like, no. but like Ethan Hawke's like journey through this movie is mm-hmm. extremely intense and man, it's like, it's so satisfying and uh, I don't know. It's, it, I want to talk about it more, we but talk it's like, about it off air if you yeah. want <laughs> to spoil it. I'm going to have to. Yeah. I have sensitive ears. Definitely yeah. watch this. Holy shit. Like it's, yeah, it's way better than I, I thought it was going to be. I mean like the first 30 minutes, I'm like, okay, this is like, I don't know where this is going. And then like an hour in, you're like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Like at the end of this film, this oh, is yeah. what's going to happen. Oh yeah. And it, I don't know. This is the worst review ever. Cause I, it's I, just I, like, I, so, I, so big. I'm sorry. It's like, <laughs> no, it's all right. I just think about our listeners and, and JR yeah. who don't know what we're talking about. It's just like, it leads up to something whatever. that, and it's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, a, I can't, I can't, powerful. I, I can't fucking say anything. Do you, uh, do you, you, you notice the, um, connection the obvious connections to taxi driver in this yes yeah super cool i want to rewatch taxi driver so bad um yeah but i, I th- personally this this is just more impactful for me like mm-hmm. this movie is uh just the religious aspect of it sure and his like sort of like radicalization i guess and like honestly like the kids too like, he, like he's doing like a a youth service or whatever like a, a circle of people talking and uh the one kid challenges them or whatever and like i, I love that and like he's like super pissed off about it and like, <laughs> it's like these kids these days they're like so like they're just so like cut and dry extreme you know it's like it's just you know yeah, that was really great he's such but, an uh, old man in the yeah. movie i like when he tells the lady he despises her yeah that was dark um <laughs> it's not very priestly oh um, there's yeah <laughs> anyway. but yeah every, every all around everything was great like cedric the entertainer um, what's what's his actual name cedric something i don't know Whatever he was, he was pretty good. The entertainer, yeah. <laughs> Cedric, the entertainer. Um, yeah, he's good. He was pretty good. He's fine. Um, yeah. Five out of five. I don't five know. out of five. I was, I was almost went six. Almost went six. I was expecting a six. Almost went six, but I have a, I have like a couple problems, and it's like, are they spoiler? Can you discuss them? I think there's like some CG that looks weird. Trying to think about what CG is in the movie. It's just like some the devil. 
<laughs> no, there's some weird. There's, oh, oh, oh! We got to talk about that off air. The, yeah. The, okay. Well, like, well there's we'll, some we'll, weird. Okay, we'll get into. We'll get there's into. some weird shit, yeah, and yeah. it's just like, I, it's like, it's like, why, why do you do this? Like, I forgot all about that. The sequence. Yeah. Uh, where she comes to his house and they do the thing. That's good. <laughs> it's. It's JR, like, it's it's like where's, where do I go with that? They do the thing. <laughs> I know, right? The first, the first part of it, I'm like, what, what is this? Like, what yeah. is it? But by the end, I'm like, the this is the darkest you. shit ever. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. It's amazing. And that ha- I can't remember what it was, but this happened before in the film too. It was, uh, oh, the kids are singing that uh, that protest song. Oh yeah. And I was like, it's a Neil Young. Song. I, I was like, what the yeah. fuck is this? And then like, oh, that Neil Young song. I was like, yeah. okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like Neil Young rules. That's fine. But people uh, were laughing out loud when they were singing in in the theater. It, it, when I saw it's it. goofy. It's like a, it's it's. But it's like <laughs> it's goofy. But I agree. It, it's like goofy. But it's like don't laugh. Man. Yeah, like, laughing is. Like, I didn't. I mean, like, yeah. It's not, laughing it's is not extreme. Funny. But. It's not. It, whatever. It's and, just like they're laughing so that they can show you like they don't. I don't really give a fuck about anything. I don't have feelings. <laughs> everything's just funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah. This is a five out of five. It rules. Awesome. Jr. All right. You just talked about. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah. Is it me yeah. now? It's you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, I You've got mail. A lot during this episode. Uh, I I uh watched a movie on. Okay, so I've been a little 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 backstory here. I've been watching a lot of. Uh, okay, so I started watching videos of Jordan Peterson. You guys know who Jordan Peterson is. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I was like, wanted to. I read about him. I he was on Bill Maher a little while ago. They didn't really get into like his backstory, so I didn't know much about him. So I was like, I don't understand why this guy's controversial. I want to understand it because, like, everybody's saying, like, he's all right and he's dangerous and he's misogynist. You need to clean That's your room. That's like his thing. That doesn't feel room. quite true, <laughs> right? So I, but. well, so okay. So I looked him up. I read, I read about him, and then I watched some videos of him explaining his position on certain things. And he's a, a psychology professor, a psychiatric professor at a, a university in Toronto. And uh, the backstory is that he, uh, they, they pass legislation in that city or that area of Canada where if one of your students comes to you and says, I want to be called this pronoun instead of that pronoun, you have to call them that pronoun or else you get in trouble. And so his issue was it's an infringement on free speech. Right. So, and people obviously are sensitive to that. So they're saying like, you know, you're anti trans, you're uh, anti LGBT, whatever. And he's, you know, his, but, but it's just a, it's essentially a misunderstanding. All he's saying is that it's an infringement on free speech. They never, you never legislate somebody to speak a certain way. This isn't okay. We need to fight this. But of course, nobody's going to fight it because it's, you know, it's a very delicate subject. Anyway, watching tons and tons of videos, Jordan Peterson just debating people. And he is very much a right wing hero at this point. Yes. I mean, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, they've taken him under uh, as their own. And uh, it's a lot of like, I feel like they're he, cherry picking. He, absolutely. They're absolutely. cherry picking, but he's also not, I've watched a lot as well. And he, he's not really like saying anything against it. Like he's not really trying to get out of it. Like he, he doesn't, he's, he's very, very complicit with he's it. He's very like, he's very, uh, he speaks very logically. And yeah, and it comes off like sometimes like he won't, like the, somebody, some lady walks up to him after one of his uh, readings or something or debates or whatever, and she says, "How come? Like, what do you what do you have to say about all the the Nazi and alt right present here at, at your uh, at your rallies?" And he says, "I don't like Nazis." And it's like that's, but like that's yeah, like, like that doesn't really go far enough though, does it? I mean, like that's not the question. Like, you know, it's like yeah, you don't like Nazis, but like don't you have do you want to condemn them a little bit more than that? Right? I mean, it's more than the president's willing to do, but you know, say something more than that, I guess to like. 
they shouldn't be behind your your whatever your uh, philosophies. Anyway, after that, I'm linked to other videos on Christopher Hitchens and you know <laughs> the endless yeah. atheist. So I watch a bunch of Christopher Hitchens like compilations of like you know ten times Christopher Hitchens owned Christian God. And they're, they're kind of fun, you know, because he's just like just like throwing out these really good points and there's no way to argue them. And it's just great. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, there's got to be like a movie of Hitchens, like a documentary. Somebody ought to make a documentary with Hitchens in it. Right. So I found this movie Collision and it's on YouTube hmm. and I watched Collision and it is probably the worst documentary I've ever seen. It's so pitifully poorly made. And I've watched like 9-11 conspiracy documentaries that are made off Kickstarter. This is worse than those. Like Damn. it's they use like heavy metal music and like rap music in it. Like while another like there's scenes of like them, like, like, uh, Hitchens and this Christian guy, Douglas Wilson, and they'll just be like walking in slow motion to like rap music. It's brutal. <laughs> what man. the fuck? It's brutal. And all the cinematography is like a digital camera. That's like literally like this part of your <laughs> face, like just from like, what? from like the top lip to the eyebrow. And it's like that close. And what is them. what is the purpose of it's this? Dynamic. It's a documentary about Hitchens and Douglas Wilson. They wrote a book together about their debates about uh, whether or not Christianity is good for the world. Oh, I see. And uh, they so they go on tour with the book and they debate each other over and over and over again. And they have like discussions in private about it that they film. And it's it's interesting information, but the filmmaking is so piss poor that it just like robs you of any enjoyment for yeah. it. So. Um, I gave it a one. It sucks. It sucks dick. And Hitchens <laughs> should have got a better documentary made about him. It's embarrassing. Well, he's dead now. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they can make a retrospective. Uh, can resurrect him and. Well, you know, make it like make like a like like they do with the Robin Williams "Come in My Mind" or whatever it is. Come shot like, into my brain. That was uh, like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought you were going to say like Hardcore Henry. Right. <laughs> I should make one like that. Uh, resurrect him and put GoPros on him. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, yeah, it's a one. It's a piece of shit. Don't watch it. That was a long story just for a one. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. JR? <laughs> All right. So I, uh, I checked out um, the newest movie from mediocre Norwegian director Joachim Trier. <laughs> who did uh, Re- I, Reprise, I, which was pretty good, and I, then some Which one ones. are you talking about now? Thelma. I've heard good things about Thelma. Yeah, I'm about to say good things about it. Oh, okay. You, so previously, I thought Joachim Trier oh, was like louder than bombs is trash. I hated Oslo. Oslo, August 31st, I think was the name of it. But this is... Is that about the shooting? No. No, okay, never mind. Sorry. It's about a recovering drug addict. Uh, this is about a very conservative religious college girl in, I'm pretty sure it's Norway, they're speaking Norwegian, who starts having violent seizures, which seem to coincide with her falling in deep infatuation with another girl in her dorm. And uh, these seizures are like, no one can figure out what they are, and they are very violent, and they something else seems to be happening with them. And uh, something larger, I guess. I don't really want to give away the twist, but um, this is definitely like a... It is violent and like very cold. Like it's just... It's like a frozen country and it's just a very frozen feeling film. Everyone's emotions are damped way down uh, until... Somebody played Damping Sphere on them. 
So lots of blood comes out. Um, this opens, it has like one of the strongest like opening scene hooks that I've ever seen. What? That is just, yeah, it is, it is beautiful. There's a man with a gun and a deer and it's, uh, it goes in a direction you don't expect it to. The deer and shoots the man. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> this totally, is all this. totally unexpected. <laughs> and then the movie follows the deer. Right. <laughs> Um, and this would have a slightly higher rating if it didn't kind of stumble a little bit at the end, but until it gets there, it is, this is, uh, this is a very cool, very cool little, uh, thriller. Hmm. Supernatural a little bit. With I guess. a score of? Four out of five. Okay, cool, man. I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. I'll definitely look at it at some point. John? I'm out. I watched. Uh, I rewatched Three Hundred. Um, I uh, what, yeah. Why? Okay. Well, yeah, you were, he was like texting me the other day. He's like, "Have you rewatched Three Hundred recently?" <laughs> I'm like, "No." He's like, "I really want to rewatch." I've been reading. Yeah. <laughs> I read the entire Wikipedia page for the Battle of Thermopylae. That's <laughs> uh, what you do. Thermopylae. Thermopylae. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I did this at work, but um, it was uh, partially during my off period, so I don't feel that bad about it. <laughs> and my kids were working on it on a quiz, so I was reading the Battle of Thermopylae, Thermopylae, and um, just a, such a good story, such an interesting thing that actually happened in history. Super cool to think about. Uh, very difficult to imagine what it was like. Like I was getting into my mind, I was like, how how do they even like like how do you even fight back then? Like if you're like a guy and you're fighting. Like spears, dude. You're just like hitting people with a sword over and over again until they until they stop moving. It's just like such a weird. And there's like, there's not really 300 of them. There's like 7,000 of them, and there's not really a million Persians. There's like half a million Persians. But even still, it's like it's an insane amount of yeah. uh, you know people. And uh, so I was just reading about it. And I started thinking about 300, and I haven't seen it since 06 when it came out. Uh, it's been like 12 years, you know? Oh, 07? That's 06, I think. Is that 06? According oh. to uh, IMDb, it's 06. So I don't know which one is true. I, don't I think it actually was released to us in March 07, though. Okay, well, that's fair. Anyway, yeah, March 9th, 07. How do you know that? Because I remember being in college and being really excited for it. Okay. My first year. Well, Jonathan and I were excited for it, too. We I remember distinctly saying that this might be the best film ever made <laughs> when we were on our way to go see it. Do you I was this? hyped. Yeah. Because it had what felt like the coolest trailer yeah. ever made and, and the graphic strange. novel ruled and yeah. uh yeah All, everything ruled exactly so uh, and we didn't know we except didn't, the movie we didn't we didn't know uh <laughs> about gerard butler so we didn't know that <laughs> he was going to be the worst person alive and you know right after that but uh re-watching it um you know it's definitely not as bad as I remember it being. Like, I remember it being, like, you know, just... I think I was so upset because I was built it up so much in my mind. It's definitely not that bad, but it's certainly uh, not good. Uh, it's certainly got a lot of issues. It doesn't know whether it wants to tell a real story <laughs> or, like, a fantasy story. It's a lot, a lot of, like, fantastical elements in it. Uh, if Boots Riley had a problem with Black Klansman, he's going to really just shit a brick when he watches this thing. Because <laughs> uh, there's, like, elephants on the battlefield and stuff and just, like, shit that never would have happened. Oh, I'm and, sure uh, they had elephants. That kind of shit did no, happen. No, they did not have Yeah. Not have not you seen Alexander? Not at the Battle of Thermopylae. I'm not saying Not at the Battle of Thermopylae, but I'm talking about. They could have brought elephants. 
I mean, the whole point <laughs> the whole point of Thermopylae is the hot gates, the two, the the canyon that they're in yeah. is so small that only like a few men at a time can get into it. Which is why they're there, but uh, so it makes no sense to have an elephant walking, in. and also the elephants in this movie are like seven stories tall, which makes no sense. So, but um, yeah, Xerxes is just absurd. Uh, like they lower his voice an octave, like digitally, and it's just he sounds terrible. And the guy playing him is actually in Westworld now. Uh, he plays the. Have you you saw the first season of Westworld? Right, I did. You did too. Uh, yeah, he's the uh, cowboy in the black leather. Uh, the Spanish guy. Oh, okay. He's he's Xerxes. Uh, Ro- Xerxes. Rodrigo Santoro. Yeah. Uh, d- d- okay. <laughs> All I remember is the, the face piercings. Yeah. That look like they're just glued on. Yeah. They're like in his <laughs> cheeks. Like who gets their cheeks pierced? Like it's such a bizarre. <laughs> anyway, but th- but okay. That all being said, this movie has a lot going for it. It's got some moments that are kind of cool. The the last moment of the film where, uh. You know the whole movie's narrated by this by David Wynnum, uh, British actor who's there during the battle and uh, survives. And at the end, uh, they've got them all surrounded. There's only like you know 200 Spartans left, and uh, they're gonna kill them all if the, if if Xerxes comes up and says, you know, Leonidas, kneel before me, or you know, and everything goes away and you'll become king of Greece and all this kind of. So he drops his shield. And the narrator is like his shield was heavy, and he dropped his shield. And he's like his his, and he goes like his spear was blistering his hands or some shit. And he drops his spear, and you're like, what is he doing? Like he's about to give up, you know? And he drops to his knees, and he like bows oh. to Xerxes, and Xerxes like does the, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I am like I am God kind of thing, and um, and then uh, he screams something, some kind of command to the Spartans, like Spartans move or whatever, and then they all just like get up and start fighting and killing everybody, and uh, and then he grabs his spear off the ground, and it was like it was like a, he goes uh, the narrator goes, his shield was heavy, it was throwing him off balance. He would need all of his strength to throw the spear, and then he throws the spear at Xerxes, which I think personally the face. is a kick-ass idea, like such a cool idea to do this like thing where you think he's going to surrender. Well, obviously he's not going to surrender, but like, cause like the whole thing, I mean, having read the Wikipedia page, the whole thing is that he doesn't <laughs> surrender. Right. <laughs> but it's like this, this, the idea of, of like him having a plan, you know, the plan is to, I'm going to kill Xerxes. We're all going to die, but I'm going to kill their King. And he throws a spear and he misses, but he, he knocks off his facial piercings with the spear. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, overall I'd say it's just kind of a, it's very ugly. This movie, uh, it's all shot on green screen. So it's just hideous looking the blood, the CG blood, which is the main thing I remember having a problem with. And I tried to look past at this time, but it's very difficult. <laughs> the blood, like anytime anybody gets stabbed, like an explosion of blood happens. And then like the drops literally vanish before they <laughs> leave the frame. Like, it's like video game blood, you know what I mean? And, like, you could see it hitting the ground sometimes, and it'll just fade into the ground. Like, it just vanishes as it hits the ground. There's no blood on anybody. I remember uh, watching a History Channel documentary about this right, oh, yeah. right before. I know exactly what you're going to say. Go ahead. Yeah. the uh, <laughs> There was so much blood at this battle that it mixed with the, the soil, and it was just mud. It was yeah. mud blood. Blood like there was mud. It was just, like, sea of blood. Yeah. And it was like nothing would grow and then, there for like yeah. a thousand years. Yeah. Or something like that. It's insane. <laughs> some like poetic bullshit. Yeah, but <laughs> that sounds like some Herodotus. They also said colorful, <laughs> yeah. colorful history. Yeah, it's kind of Herodotus. Is. But uh, uh, <laughs> the uh, the other thing is that the other thing that's interesting about the the actual story is that uh, like the place itself doesn't exist anymore because 
it's been 2,500 years, and they said uh, there's like 30 meters of of silt that have built up around the area. Hmm. So like you'd have to dig down 30 meters just to get to the ground where they were actually that? fighting. You know, we should, we should that, do that's that. pretty normal right that's why you no, always yeah. have to dig for archaeological but 30 sites. meters is like an insane distance to di- it's like 90 that's like feet 90 down feet. Yeah, on the ground right. i mean that's yeah. pretty far that's pretty, that's pretty far but that would yeah. be pretty cool that's a fuck get some of those weapons silt. they said they found in the there's a hill where they were killed the last spartans were killed including leonidas and uh they excavated the hill and they found they found like thousands of arrowheads that's pretty cool so that's kicks total fucking ass. I just, I mean, it's just such anything that's super old like that. It's just fascinating. I remember. No, go ahead. I was going to say maybe nothing <laughs> grows there because it got flooded with a foot of salt every yeah, goddamn day. <laughs> um, I remember watching this and just thinking, I, I wish it was animated. I wish this would have just been like an animated film, just yeah. a rated R animated film. That would have been great. I wish they would have made, I wish I, here's <coughs> what I wish. Uh, Mel Gibson would have never went on a, a crazy tirade, uh, <laughs> never gotten caught drinking and called the cop sugar tits, and would have made this film directly after Ap- Apocalypto in the dead language, or not the dead language, but the ancient language, the Greek language, and the uh, whatever the Persians were speaking, Arabic or whatever. Yeah. You know? That would have been amazing. <laughs> How good would that be? Like, Maybe. he knows what he's doing. He's, he made Braveheart. It's essentially just Braveheart for 90 minutes. Apocalypto it's like a, one of those battles for good. 90 minutes. I like Apocalypto. Apocalypto rules. Have you seen that? Yeah. I like Apocalypto. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I can't say it, but I like it. They got some uh, some uh, spear chunking in that. Yeah. Chucking. Yeah. Chucking, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What did I say? Chunking? Chunking. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I gave it, a, gave it a two and a half. Maybe a little bit generous, but... Uh, I don't know. I was feeling generous. They have a they have a, they have a couple of shots that are all right. So all the shots in the trailer rule. So <laughs> was it was it entertaining? Um, yeah. I mean, it kept my attention. Yeah. I don't. I I won't watch it again for ten years. But okay. But you're but you're sure you're gonna watch it again? <laughs> I definitely. Yeah. Ten years from now, I'll 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 have forgotten everything about it. And I'll be like, oh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I'll watch that. Blah. You know, I'll be in my forties. <laughs> This yeah. is Sparta. My daughter will want to watch it when she's a teenager, you know. He's 300, Dad? This movie but was... Yeah, it sucks, but I'll watch it again <laughs> with you, babe. <laughs> this movie was fucking huge. Like it, yeah, was... it did really well. Uh, it was the top-grossing R-rated comic book film until Deadpool uh, unseated it. Damn. Wait. Wait. R- okay, sorry. R-rated I missed the R-rated. Thank you. Film. Yeah. I missed oh, the R-rated part. Yeah. So, uh... I forgot that Lena Headey is... Lena Headey? Lena oh, Hedy, let me say something it? about that too. Lena Headey is in it. She plays uh, Queen Gorgo, uh, Leonidas's wife, and she has a, a a very cheesy sex scene with Leonidas in the beginning of the film, in which she bares her breasts. But I remember in Game of Thrones, it was like a big deal. Like she wouldn't be naked in Game of Thrones, and they had to get a body double for her. I guess and she just changed, a, changed her mind. Is there a body double in Three Hundred? Uh, no, it's definitely there is not. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, in, in in Game of Thrones, she has to do the Walk of Shame or whatever, where she's naked. I haven't seen it, but I've seen, I've heard about it. And uh, they had like digitally put her face on a model. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Was she? Did she do that for the uh, the first season when she was naked? Also, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe that's it. Maybe she just didn't want to do the Walk of Shame because it was like shameful. Literally, <laughs> I don't know. So hire some poor person to yeah, do this exactly. for me. <laughs> hire some model who's fine showing her breasts and bush. All right. Uh, yeah. Jr. Another one? Yeah, I got I got one more. <clears throat> okay, um, I got one more also, so we're good. Well, and I'm not even... You guys read my review. I'm not even going to really talk about it except to say, why did you make me watch this? 
What is it? Why did you make me watch Ransom? Oh, Ransom <laughs> is good. You were wrong about Ransom. Oh, that's great. It was, now explain to me what you don't like just, about Ransom. I don't even understand your review. What do you? What every, don't you just, like about? Everyone's this? yelling. What'd you give it? All the time. Get like a one and the a half or something. Music like is Damn. fucking awful and just so present. And everyone, it's like everyone's trying to yell over this loud ass <laughs> shitty score. <laughs> and he's like, Ron Howard is like, you know what? I'm going to be an interesting director today. And he's just like, he's got these cranes just like flying over people, shooting like bird's eye views of them. I was like, kill, kill me. Just beautiful. kill me. And favorite then, favorite Ron Howard movie? My favorite Ron Howard movie? Yeah. I don't know. No, he's saying, is this your oh. favorite Ron Howard movie? <laughs> 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 uh, and you know you mentioned the slow mo in your uh, in your review on Letterboxd at the end and the chunky slow mo at the yeah. end yeah yeah it's brutal but there's a little bit of slow mo in the middle too that was bad when is this I don't, I don't remember where that I write it down um, okay the the tattoo like on Lily Taylor is like sometimes at the very front of her neck sometimes at the side oh wow also oh, I like mean, what are you gonna do about the, that it's not a real tattoo John <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> the the connect like the weird stupid connection between Lily Taylor and the family is this thing that's like supposed to be important to the plot but it is not explored at all it's just thrown away so it's you know it's a thriller John it's not it's not a serious art film man it's it's a fun thriller how about the performance it feels like there's a lot of ideas that are just like not followed what about Gibson and Sinise's performance says (laughs) I uh give me back my son. I mean, did that line not give you goosebumps? Oh, Come God. on, no, no, give me, no? Give me back my son. Give and and the, the the shouting match that they get in, where where it ends with Sinise shooting the wall yeah. next to this, it was just like that shit's that amazing. Scene, no, that scene's oh! not amazing. Oh, that scene was I love tr- that trash. Oh, I and love that. I saw that my DVD had a uh, or the library's DVD had a French language track, <laughs> and so I went and I watched that scene in the French uh, version, and it was. It's hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> but they're also not yelling nearly as loud as right. the the English actors. <laughs> it's um, uh, man, yeah, I did, yeah, I did not like this movie. Also, Bummer, how about man. the sorry. how about the hose that just like sprays out the kid's urine from like his pants? <laughs> I know that that's not, I'm not that's not like a this is a bad movie thing, but I just thought it was hilarious. I like how the the pee just flies flies out of his pants leg. <laughs> Himself. I, I love the idea that that's how he finds out that Gary Sinise is involved. Yeah, no, that was a really, I thought that was a really good idea. Seriously? Yeah. I, <laughs> okay. Like, I, that's I how can't he, tell if you're because you hate the movie. So yeah. Yeah, it's but a good idea. I, it's a yeah. powerful scene for me. I like, I like Mel And, and I, I thought it made I, sense because like Gary Sinise, that's like the smartest thing Gary Sinise does. He was like, I can still get my money. Yeah. And then I, it was stupid to think the kid wouldn't be there but you know because the kid has I guess his he was, ears they didn't cover the kid's yeah, ears yeah that's true yeah I don't know why uh, I don't know it does seem like kind of a weird thing to not think of yeah like you could probably under, like remember my voice no he should have he should have gone probably thinking to, that the kid would be too scared to do anything about it you know he should have gone to Mel Gibson's workplace his place of work at, that or is something. true yeah but he wanted the money right then yeah I know because because we, well, we don't we don't know why. <laughs> I like that it descends into a bloodbath at the end too. I like the shootout and the fight and everything. I, you know, I yeah. Movies would never do that now. You'd never have a movie end this violently now about that's yeah. this kind of movie with these kind of actors. Just like the quick quick murder of two cops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was um, 
for a while i wasn't sure if delroy lindo the like yeah. fbi inv- leading the 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 kidnapping or not leading the team to get the boy back i was like is he bad oh. they're making such like uninformed bad decisions that maybe he's bad but whatever this is uh this is way worse than cinderella man which uh <laughs> you thought it was weird i'd seen that but it hurts this is, it hurts that you think that because well, cinderella man's not a terrible movie it probably is i've seen it i don't know <laughs> I really like Ransom. I won't. I won't apologize. I'm sorry you didn't like it. Have you seen the original? Uh, did you know this is a remake? No. There's a, a film called Ransom with an exclamation point from the 50s, <laughs> and it has the exact same scene in it where he puts the money on the table on the television and talks to the kidnappers. Hmm. How do you think about that scene? I mean, is that interesting to you? I thought yeah. that was a cool, good, good uh, idea. You know, I, was, I like that I he was changes waiting. it all. You know, he's like going to be a bounty on your head now. I couldn't figure out what he was going to do to like flip the you know turn the tables or yeah you know lead this hunt on his own and i thought that was a clever idea yeah it's from the original film but you know <laughs> so, so apparently it wasn't a clever james idea. horner did the score i'm surprised idea. you don't like the score because horner is uh, just the king i mean he's got some great scores well that's what did i say earlier yeah you said it sucked you crank out six oh, a year break like he won an oscar the year before this and the year after this right did he? I don't know. I don't know. He won for uh, did he win for Braveheart? I think the next year was Titanic. Oh, he did one for Titanic. Oh uh, yeah, Braveheart's the score for Braveheart is amazing. The score for Titanic is very similar to the score from Braveheart. So, <laughs> so he's recycling. Uh, well, that's uh, that's too bad. What did you give this? Give it a one and a half. Brutal. Damn. Yeah, I think I gave it like a three and a half. So I mean, it's not like I worship it or anything. I just think it's a fun movie. Um, I watched Atomic Cafe from 1982, directed by three different people who don't never did anything else. Uh, is this just trauma? I don't know. Is it? It's a uh, documentary. Oh, then okay. No. It's a f- it's mm-hmm. a uh, it's a movie a la uh, Brett Morgan kind of thing. It's all put. It's all from like stock footage. It's all put together from okay. stock footage of uh, propaganda films and uh, various uh, f- film footage of people testifying through Congress and doing nuclear testing and stuff like that. It's all about the nuclear bomb. It's like footage from like 1945 to like 1960. And it's just about, you know, how we use the bomb and then it kind of slowly developed into a super paranoid state in America. And uh, because, you know, the USSR had the bomb. And uh, it's really very uh, solid thing. And it's interesting. It's hard to like rate it because it's, you know, it's just so much of stock footage, but hmm. it's edited really well. And uh, they use a lot of music. Uh, like 40s and 50s music that's like seemingly commissioned by the United States to inform people about what to do during an atomic blast. Like, you got to run and jump and hide and get under a desk. Or you know, it's like it's like it's <laughs> really weird uh, songs. They're like get into your fallout shelter. You know, take your daughter there. And it's, uh, it's just pretty it's weird, pretty strange stuff. And uh, yeah, it gets more and more strange like as it goes on. Like how intense the f- kind of collective fear and how they kind of normalize that fear through these propaganda films so i, w- I would recommend uh checking it out if you have the means it's apparently getting a blu-ray release soon uh through somebody i don't remember who maybe arrow or something but that's it for me i gave it a four um so let's move on to our deep dive which is my pick vanilla sky from 2001 directed by cameron crow starring Tomothy Cruz and Penelope Cruz and uh, Jason Cruz and uh, K- 
Cameron Cruz. All the, <laughs> all the cruises are in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like what the uh, the Friends cast did after Courtney right. Cox got married. Yeah, Arquette on everybody's name. Yeah, we just watched that episode about a week ago. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, it's that's, the only thing I remember from all of Friends. It's mildly clever. Friends has had a, a real uh, clever humor problem. They're not very smart, but uh, <laughs> the funny the funny in that show is not is very rarely smart funny. It's just like goofy, stupid funny. But Vanilla Sky, I think, is very funny. No, I'm just kidding. It's a it's a, a movie that I've seen a lot. Uh, watched a lot when I was younger. Watched it in high school a lot. Loved it. Always have liked it quite a bit. It's always been my favorite Cameron Crowe movie. I've always defended <clears> it because <throat> people don't seem to like it very much. I love Tom Cruise. He's coming off of uh, Magnolia on this one. Perhaps his best performance. So... <laughs> You know he's got a lot going for him, and um, yeah, I, I I have always liked this movie. What did you guys? How, what's your history with this? Because we've all seen this, right? Mm-hmm. So what's, what's seen the it once before? Here? When I was looking for your address in yeah. my old text messages, I stumbled upon a text conversation we had three years ago, where you asked me why I logged this movie but not rate it Mm. and it was because i fell asleep (laughs) and uh (laughs) i saw this movie 2002 2003 ish sometime right after i saw almost famous which i loved i never finished the movie when i started it because i fell asleep Uh, i fell asleep when i watched it again a few years later i fell asleep in 2015 and when i watched it on thursday night I fell asleep wow. before I finished it on Friday. I mean, I started over on Friday. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the deal with this movie. I've never seen a movie so many times that I just like can't get through. I don't know. But I don't, you did get through it for this. I did. Okay. Good, I did. Good to know that we're... Uh, is this the first time you've seen the ending? Yeah, it wow. is. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's incredible. This Finally is saw the this ending. Is essentially a fresh perspective then yeah. for you, uh, Jonathan. Seen it once before, and this is the second time, and it's pretty good. That's it. What John has to say about it. Uh, well, uh, what did you guys think of? Uh, we know what Jonathan thought. What did uh, Jr. think of Vanilla Sky this time? That now that you've actually seen the movie, I th- I thought this was a movie about a rich asshole played by Tom Cruise, a character I love typically, who does some asshole things, and gets in uh, a bad situation for it and becomes a self-pitying asshole, which is a Tom Cruise character I like less. Uh-huh. And um, and we just kind of deal with that until there's a twist that reveals that he's such a rich asshole that he got to avoid <laughs> yeah. all the consequences <laughs> of his problems so he could be a rich asshole in the future. Um, although it turns out he's not going to be a rich asshole in the future. They mentioned he's, his money's not going to go very far. Well, he's been I, spending uh, it for 150 years, right? Right. Spoil- oh, by the way, there's going to be spoiled uh, this movie. So but, oh, there's like several I, theories. And I always, though. always knew that there was a, a like a sci-fi element to this yeah. movie, though. Again, I had never made it far enough to to find out what it is. Yeah. And you know, wait, did you pause? What's up, what's up a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so why? Yeah, I'm wow. nervous now. You're the one that's going to defend this Why thing. So. <laughs> Did anybody else think this thing looked like shit? Like it just—it just doesn't look good to me. It, 
um, hey, I'm, that, I have a that, mixed opinion about that. Isn't that debatable uh, as far as the... Uh, oh, it's debatable. It's I mean, not, no, it's not, that, not... I mean, I don't think it's debatable. I think it looks bad, but doesn't it look bad because of the... Uh, I mean, they like changed the, the sky. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah like, no, I get that, but, and, like, it know? just... The, the whole movie looks digital, like, really digitally. because it's, it's against the green screen a lot of it. I mean, like, I the whole the, time. I don't, I don't agree with I that. Didn't, in, I didn't think the beginning looked bad, mm-hmm. although, like, the first scene where he's uh, in the or what we think is just a regular dream where he's, uh, you know, driving through New York and there's no one there. Yeah. I didn't think like, and we stops in times square and it's completely empty. I didn't I think, think that looked, looked shitty. I think it looked mm-hmm. great. And honestly, um, I think that that scene is probably the most impressive scene. Of the entire that's film. the famous scene. Yeah. But impressive. How just because of they get shut down times square. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like, I think it's it, I think it's, I was, I think it's uh, edited okay. in a really. Uh, oh, I mean, what I'll get to about uh, the this, editing. This watch uh, for me brought it down quite a bit, and uh, it's mainly because of how dated the entire film seems. Uh, like that that scene, the first of many, where the editing is just very like music video y. Yes, and um, like all the cutting to like the stuff in Times Square and like him looking everywhere. I don't know. It's just, but that's the. I feel like that falls right into the Cameron Crow mo, but that's the. I mean, I don't. I don't the, the remember scenes like that. In, shoving classic rock. I don't rock remember scenes like right. that in Almost Famous. No, you know, what but I mean? it's very like it's very built around its music, but sure. because it's meant to be like from a classic time, it doesn't fall into that trap. Right. I think this movie, because <laughs> it's set in the time when it's being made, does fall into the trap, yeah. and it's yeah. kind of. Uh, hasn't aged well i mean just like the technology that's involved like the uh the goofy hologram thing that he has where it's playing uh louis cool. armstrong I, yeah. I, the first note i took was tom cruise shops at sharp image yeah yeah <laughs> and then the uh, later on when jason lee has like his what's supposed to be a small cool digital camera but it's like this gigantic box on the table yeah <laughs> it's like, and it's like connected by a wire to this. Like, why is this in this movie like yeah. what i don't i don't I don't, I don't understand it uh and then he's got like the tv that sinks into the floor which i i read that it, this was made specifically for the film like, it's not something that existed and uh <laughs> but you know so yeah i think that the and i think that in combination with the um the music is extremely problematic as far as dating the film, like, the music selection is is rough. Yeah, it, to my to my personal taste. No, I I agree. Uh, I mean, I I like Radiohead. I like that opening song, but I hate that it's in this movie. I don't like. I don't think it belongs in a movie. Like, I think it's fun to listen to it on an album, but just some stuff just doesn't work with visuals and uh, and this is one of those times and i think that yeah all the it's just so fucking hip everything's so mm. fucking hip right the rem tracks and like mm. paul mccartney doing his song for the film is just like like uh, not even speaking to whether the songs are good they're just so fucking like on the nose like sorry yeah I, I hate to say this but it's like very yuppie yeah like it's like the it's like he is a yuppie it, it's, a, it's a phony yuppie. <laughs> that makes sense with tom cruise's character it, right? yeah it does but it's he's playing, meant to be so it's just so hip that's true but it's not playing it's not no. him playing it in his car it's like on the soundtrack right. so it's like it's not it's it's not judging those songs or people who listen to them it's saying these songs are cool yeah we're in a world of cool right now tom cruise drives the coolest car and at one point he does say Anyone else do Radiohead? <laughs> yeah, I was like, when I, I was like, nah, dude, what, what is that happening? That was pretty brutal. What is happening in this movie? But uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, but all of that shit dates this movie horribly. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, like that that's like the biggest problem for me. Like I can't stand that shit. It's just, it's so like it, it could have so easily not been any of that. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> like like you said the digital camera that uh, Jason Lee has it's like why is this even in this movie? Like just they probably thought like this is great. This is so futuristic. Nobody this, else, this will never exist in real life. <laughs> I have the uh IMDb trivia open right now. The first thing is that uh Crow Crow didn't want the like a uh, news ticker in Times Square to oh, display yeah, anything yeah. about George Bush, George Bush and Al Gore because he thought it would date the film. Like <laughs> that's like six, he's not six, worried about anything else. Six like, years after this, we have iPhones. Yeah, like it's fucking ludicrous. Like I, I, I don't know. No, you're totally right, and uh, I think that that's. I mean, like I like you know that's that's going to be my biggest. Uh, kind of problem with the film not that i have don't have other things i dislike so, I and do, i feel but. like if, if that's your biggest problem you're going to watch this in another 15 years where technology is far away from where it is now oh, and yeah. it's like it's living so, on it's mars quaint, and shit, yeah. it's yeah. quaint enough that you'll be like that won't even be an issue yeah. maybe i'll still have issues with this movie but well it won't be i that. like i said i still have issues they're just not as big as that issue um so other uh, I'll, I'll just get into them now I mean, let's. Just we're here to talk about yeah. the movie, right? Unload. Get into it. Okay. Um, I uh, this is kind of a nitpick, but Penelope Cruz in the film uh, is a she's obviously not a not a native English speaker, and I think that her dialogue and their conversations, especially the first night that they meet, are insanely too quick for her to legitimately be able to participate in them. Like they're they're both so witty and quick with each other that I don't believe she could do that not speaking English as a first language. Hmm. Did this strike you guys? I don't know. It's, just, it's not it, really. I don't Yeah, I don't she, you know, they, she could have been learning English since talk, she was 2. Yeah, but she's got a broken accent. Like she doesn't she doesn't speak English like 100% well. I'm not I'm not that's nothing against her. It I'm sounds like she's like, reading lines. Yeah. Like, she's like saying stuff shit so quickly and coming off the top of her head supposedly so quickly. I'm just I don't believe it. Like I I don't believe it. See, my issue was was not because it was Penelope Cruz. My issue was because I just thought this scene is too like writerly. Like, oh, this the scene is writerly. It's, it's just I there's can't stand like too that. much witty shit yeah. going on in this. It's, meet, it's not a meet cute scene, but the scene where they fall in love over the course of a night. Isn't it incredible Ooh. how they're both uh, like extremely talented dr- artists too? They can draw like insanely well. <laughs> like, what is that about? Like. Ah, anyway, but uh, she's also, I was thinking of her as the, um, I know the term Manic Pixie Dream Girl came up, uh, I think it was first, she's like the first, most, first used for Natalie Portman, I think, in the review for Garden State. Which is Garden crazy, because she is like, actually, yeah, it's like a literal. A literal dream, yeah, dream girl, yeah. It's like Manic Pixel yeah. Dream Girl, computer, <laughs> yeah. computer generated. So I was thinking of her, she's like the prototypical uh which, which I mean, I'm sure there's others. So you like look back at like Diane Keaton and uh, Annie Hall. Yeah. Like, but even then, like, also, but. uh, Kate Hudson and almost famous kind of fits sure, into that. Sure. And oh, yeah. Kirsten Dunst and Elizabeth town. Right. So Kirsten Dunst and everything. Hey, Hey, right. Virgin <laughs> suicides. Yeah, she is that. Virgin <laughs> She's not that in Spider-Man. She's not that in mel- mm. melancholia. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I really liked the makeup. After he gets in his accident, I thought his makeup was very convincing. Yeah. The uh, I still think the crash looks yeah. good. The, car <laughs> the, crash. <laughs> the, the jaw like kind of hanging. Out. 
<laughs> the makeup made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I'm used to attractive Tom Cruise. And it's just like it's... Because it, since it's not like overdoing it, it's just like it's off by just enough yeah. to make me not want to look at it. I remember it being way worse. Because I'm like, I'm like, when I started, I'm like, why why is he wearing the mask? Like what? Like why is he going to be wearing a mask like in, in this film? It's not that bad. Like it's, it's like pretty it's pretty bad. bad, but it's not like it's bad if you're Tom Cruise and like you're. I mean, like his character in the film yeah. is like obsessed with uh, clearly like an egomaniac and like they they, they write I it look, off the. Great. <laughs> it's like some like prote- it's like protecting the healing or something or something. Yeah, yeah. Know, some, it's some holding bullshit. out a UV rays. Yeah, that's something like that. Yeah. I think my favorite part of Tom Cruise's performance is when they leave that club and he's really drunk mm-hmm. and they're you know they're walking in like formation where. Uh, Penelope Cruz is in the center and Jason Lee's right behind her off to the left and Tom Cruise is behind her off to the right. So they're like, like in the flying he's like V stumbling. He's he like, he can't, he can't use that arm, but it's also the first time that they ever like let Tom Cruise look short and he's like stumbling. He's not using the arm. He's limping. It's just, it was, it was good. I enjoyed his performance during the doctor scene when they give him the mask when he yeah he, and they're like we can we have we can fix your arm and he's fuck my arm <laughs> and, he's like, and, then, and then they give him the math and they're t- they're calling it like a facial prosthetic and he's like oh for a second i thought we were talking about a fucking mask you know <laughs> so that's good i think that's all good stuff what is what is that board of doctors yeah i don't even know it's when you're that rich you just you have every surgeon talk to you at once you know but uh yeah i um one of my big issues with this movie is uh, the Tom Cruise character doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like in that club scene, Jason Lee is like, we miss the old you. And I'm like, why? <laughs> he was just constantly a dick to you. He stole that girl that you brought that yeah. you liked. Like he, he, I don't know if he stole uh, what is shit? Cameron. I don't know if he stole Cameron Cruz's uh <laughs> character from jason lee also but jason lee refers to she's to cameron yeah. as his dream girl at one point yeah. and it's like is your fuck buddy <laughs> like they don't i don't believe them as friends because they're not very like nice or good to each other right um i feel like i feel like uh jason lee is a, a bit of a hanger on right i mean he's just like he's there because yeah. tom cruise is the guy with the money and the party and the girls mm-hmm. man he can get he can get what what the leftovers are you know? so that's that's what he misses i miss yeah. the old you i, I miss, miss the, the leftovers god damn it i i, I want to fuck uh julie gianni when you're finished <laughs> <laughs> someone says later it might be spall timothy spall or no it's noah taylor was like at they're looking at his funeral like you yeah. missed david and i was like no <laughs> no one fucking likes this dude because this dude is a piece of shit um so i don't but camera camera crew like wants he wants you to feel he, for him he wants you to feel for him but he also wants to like he wants tom cruise to come off as really cool while yeah. also being a dick right and he wants I didn't, yeah i didn't get the cool at all i didn't i didn't get that at but all i feel like i mean maybe, i felt like he what he was trying to but it's like he this yeah. character is not i mean cool radio radio, radio it's a dish. Bro. Um, he drives a really cool car mm. got a cool job he's a millionaire and he gets cool apartment he gets the girls and i mean i think Cameron Diaz is supposed to come off as crazy while he's supposed to come off as a mild asshole. No, I agree. I think, I think her character is uh, treated very poorly. Uh, like the fact that like, she's got a legitimate beef with him. The whole, uh, you know, we, you, you're using me essentially. And you know, you're not committing to me kind of thing. And you're just brushing me off. And I mean, he's calling her a stalker. At, at he, the, <laughs> but they had that conversation at the beginning where it's like, 
we're supposed to they agree to some rules like yeah we're not committed to each other and then all of a sudden she thinks we are yeah but that doesn't mean you can't like be civil to somebody right i mean like she it doesn't I'm, like I, like the fact that he has that birthday party doesn't invite her is strange to me like i understand like she's your she is your fuck buddy that's fine but it's like you guys like shared time it's strange that you wouldn't invite her to a party and that room is full of like just yeah potential chicks to bang yeah like, and like people that friends. probably mean nothing to him you yeah. know what i mean like and johnny galecki cameoing as his assistant so. yeah <laughs> so like why cameron diaz as a hot girl would just fit right in as exactly. another hot girl exactly. so yeah that's weird uh but i do i do enjoy the scene particularly uh tom cruise's acting or his reacting to cameron diaz when she's driving the car I like his kind of like slow realization that this is a dangerous situation I'm in now and I need yeah. to get out of the car and like how he's let's just let's just pull, let's just go to your place and talk about it. You know? and, then, and then he's like uh, telling her to slow down and everything. And then he finally breaks down. He just says he says, I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> like you think that's going to solve everything. Good stuff. Very. That's a good scene. Yeah. She probably has this character probably has like legit mental Oh yeah, issues. So, yeah, you think that way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that are not addressed. Mur- she's just murder, suicide issues. She's just a crazy girl. But I, I also think uh, Cameron Diaz is pretty good. In she's good in the just uh, a crazy girl part. She plays the part well. I just have an issue with like I just like I see her and I just can't. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is about her. It reminds me of when I was a kid and there were certain actors. I remember David Morse was an actor like that. When I was a kid, I would see his face and I'd be like, I just don't like this guy's face. Like, I don't like him. I don't, I don't like him. But now I'm like, what? I don't like, I love see David Morse. I'm like, great. David Morse rules. He's a great actor. What don't you like about Cameron Diaz's face? It's not that I don't like her face. I think she's a pretty enough woman. Uh, I don't find her like super attractive necessarily, but she's f- certainly attractive. Uh, but I don't know. It's just something It's ineffable. It's like something I can't like put into words. I just, I've never seen her in anything where I'm like, yeah, she's she's really good. She's great. Like I I can acknowledge that she does a competent performance in this movie, maybe better than competent. But I'm just I don't know. And I like I, when she says uh, things like "I swallowed your cum." It's like it's such a weird line to hear coming out of a like a superstar. Yeah. You know, she's like a big name. It's like it's a, that's yeah, when I see her, it's like okay, this isn't a serious movie. Like this is okay. Yeah, there's she's going to be funny at some point. But do you but feel yeah, that, do it you was feel weird that way about like Gangs of New York? No, but I don't really remember her much in that movie. See, now, Gangs of New York, I think she almost transcends it for me. Really? Mainly because of the accent mm. and that she's not really in it all that much. I mean, she's she's in it. but She is not nearly as bad in that movie as her reputation. I agree. No, I don't think, yeah, I would never, like, use that as an example of her acting poorly. I don't think she acts poorly in most things, but I just don't. It's just a thing where I just don't, I don't know can't can't get behind her. And it, the the come line is another thing I blame on Cameron Crowe. Yeah. I don't yeah just, it's more than it's meant to be shocking obviously and yeah. it's sure. more than necessary it feels like a feels like a, a little bit of a like um manipulation for him to ask her to do that to say something like that you know what I mean? it's like it reminds me of like when ebert was mad about um david lynch making isabella rossellini naked in the movie blue velvet you know and he's like indignant about it and stuff like self-righteous like you shouldn't treat women this way and i like I feel that way a little bit towards Sam and Crow. Ebert, who wrote that Russ Meyer movie. <laughs> oh, that's Beyond right. the, Valley, yeah, Beyond of the Valley of the Dolls. Right? Dolls yeah. There was full no... Of, full of tits in that. No boobies in that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How'd you guys feel about uh, Kurt Russell in the film? Kurt Russell as the uh, psychiatrist dream. 
It was all right. I mean, he's there. Yeah, I also was pretty neutral on Kurt Russell because I... I like Kurt Russell. Yeah. I, love <laughs> I love the ending where, the... Where, where Noah Taylor tells him he's not real and he's like, I'm real. I'm real. <laughs> like, he just doesn't... He won't accept it. I have, da- I have two daughters. <laughs> what, what, what are their names? And he can, he's just like... <laughs> confused. <laughs> like, so that's, that's good stuff. I like any time when he's like mildly comedic. I think he, he works really well in a comedic aspect. That was almost... The casting of Russell's interesting mostly because at the end it turns out he doesn't matter yeah and it feels like when russell's in a movie he's got a he's got to matter did you guys watch the alternate ending either one of you i did no you did Mm -hmm. okay i i watched it as well it's on the um blu-ray that i have and uh i'd never seen it before but it gets uh it gets way more intense at the end there's a gunfight and (laughs) in the lobby of the building with a swat team and more yelling, and a lot more Kurt Russell. Like, yeah. He's, he's like, <laughs> actually, it's interesting. They go into the like after it essentially starts at the uh, when they're at Le, and then he bursts out of the room. You know, uh, instead of him just running down the hall into the elevator, he goes into a bathroom, and they have this long discussion in the bathroom. And uh, you can actually see in the actual film. I went I went back to the actual film, looked at it, and when they edit him bursting out of the room. He's actually bursting out of the bathroom, like the, oh, wow. you can see the bathroom in the background, and so it's just a way to cut around it but um yeah they mentioned paul mccartney by name and the fact that he wrote the song for the movie it gets very meta so uh gross yeah but about the ending i mean i think the um probably my favorite part of the whole movie is the montage at the ending of all the different pop culture stuff and like his family and like the pictures of young tom cruise and stuff like that while he's falling see i had noticed that we had more pop culture stuff throughout the movie than felt normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was glad that gave me a context for that, but otherwise I didn't care. I just thought it looked cool. It's just as an aesthetic, you know, just let it look nice. Uh, I think overall the movie is just a, it's a mess. You know, it's just kind of like, it doesn't really, I think the sci-fi angle of it, it comes in so incredibly late in the film that it yeah. undermines the, uh, themes of like responsibility and uh e- ego or like vanity that maybe would be there but like you said it's just like it's like a rich guy and then he escapes yeah. all of his responsibility by getting cryo frozen <laughs> for hundreds of years and not to mention he just again like he doesn't have to work he doesn't have to work to get penelope cruz to love him mm-hmm. and just like this she met him once and she's crying at his funeral like, yeah Really? It's a very bizarre situation too. You think about the ending and like his choice that he has to make doesn't make any sense for his character. Like why would he make the choice to go into the real world when Penelope Cruz is dead? Like she's not around. If you want her, you need to stay where you're at and then they'll restart your whole thing. You can meet her again and fall in love with her. And yeah. It's like, why would you choose to go into, I mean, I would choose to go into because that's like the future is cool. I've never seen it. Like what? And Noah Taylor says things are very different now, you know? But, like, he doesn't seem to care about any of that. All he cares about is being Tom uh, Penelope Cruz's, uh, you know, changing her last name from the C-R-U-Z spelling to the C-R-U-I-S-E spelling. So it's just very strange that uh, he would make the choice to Maybe he's afraid that it will fall apart again like, uh, like it does this pastime with Cameron inserting herself into the dream. 
I mean, po- yeah, I guess. Or so him inserting like, Cameron. It's like, obviously, that wouldn't happen again, like, if there's... But I don't know. It just seems like it's such a bizarre, like, choice to make. And it just feels like it's totally in service of having him jump off of a building at the end. You know? yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yes, it definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> um, is this the, like, most important to a plot role that Noah Taylor has ever had in a Hollywood movie? <laughs> Probably. Well, he was the uh, the band's manager in Almost Famous. <laughs> but not not as important to the plot. The plot does not hinge on information he gives no, you. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Also, uh, LE, Life Extension, a lot like Recall and Total Recall. Like, even they're all like their commercials and stuff that they show. So <laughs> I felt like it was really similar. And I really hated um, things that I would have liked when I was younger really fucking hated when uh, he's walking out of the jail and that guy just randomly says this is a revolution of the mind to him and it's supposed to be like this powerful moment and I hated that shit this time (laughs) I don't know ugh Ugh. in NLE he is being escorted by Michael Shannon yeah yeah which I thought was great Michael Shannon has no lines but he, he does. He has a line. Uh, well, when he's running. Okay. Oh, initially. Okay. No, before that, he has a line. Really? And and when they're in the jail cell, still yeah, he comes out. And oh, he, right. he comes out and he says, "You're f- fuck you face. Your story's full of holes." Or yeah. <laughs> well, once they're in Ellie, he has no lines, right. but he still manages to just be weird. He's like, <laughs> Tucker's like looking at a packet or something, and he's like leaning over to like try and get in. It's, it's, I wonder how much of that was like Michael Shannon's like, I'm gonna make myself weird and known. Yeah, I don't. He he. Uh, I didn't realize it was him, obviously, until I I had seen. I saw Bug was the first thing I saw him in, so I saw him pretty early on, and I remember watching it after that, and watching this after that, and being like, "Oh, it's fucking Michael Chan. It's really cool. He's in this." But you know, nobody gives a fuck until later <laughs> on. Uh, how do you guys feel about the um, the Paul McCartney song, the written for the film Vanilla Sky? I already can't remember it. So I probably didn't I've make actually, much of an impression. I've actually listened to it a lot, uh, so I, I I like it. But I don't like. I hate Paul McCartney. <laughs> I have an idea. That's such a very rude thing to say. But sorry. It's okay. <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm out of stuff. My notes are all gone. So I, th- I think uh, sloppy is the best. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's very just sloppy. I totally agree. Is this still your favorite Cameron Crowe movie? Uh, I'd have to rewatch Almost Famous, but it would be between this and that. And I, I do like Almost Famous. I recall liking it quite a bit. And I think it'll probably usurp this yeah. easily. I hate everything else I've seen by him. So, But I haven't really seen that much. I've only seen, like, I hated singles a lot. And uh, I don't even know what else. Oh, Jer- I like Jerry Maguire okay. Say but anything? I've only seen it once, and it's been a long time. Uh, I never saw Say Anything. I've never seen Elizabeth Town. I've never seen We Bought a Is Jerry Maguire good? What? Yeah. Streaming or what? I liked it. What's uh, it's been a long, I haven't seen it since I was like 19. But I haven't I, seen it either. I don't know. I remember liking it. I don't know if I've ever seen it. <laughs> it's also big and emotional. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. It, I, Jonathan Lipnicki is in it, though, so you've got to, you know, you got to go. I think I, I saw Almost Famous. It's such a perfect time to to just, like, see the big emotional movie. We saw it in the theater together. Yeah. We were, like, huge in the fucking Closet Rock and shit, dude. Uh, Lost, Lost Souls was playing in the theater next door with the Winona Ryder satanic movie oh yeah, yeah, yeah. remember when we were like we were joking that it was written and directed by Satan <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember liking Almost Famous quite a bit that's um, not bad yeah. I liked I liked uh, Jason Lee in Almost Famous a lot more than I like him in this yeah oh forgot when he says, to, when he says uh, Jason Lee. I'm just one of the out of focus guys in Almost Famous <laughs> so funny I like I do like some of his lines in this though when he's uh, 
you're in you're you're in OJ land. Ooh, <laughs> it's, like, it's like I'm one of them. Ooh, <laughs> that's good stuff. Uh, Remember when Jason Lee was a big deal? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mallrats rules, man. <laughs> he was a thing. He's funny in Mallrats and Chasing Amy, and then he's he's done for me. I'm pretty much over. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I gave it a three point five. I probably would have given this a five back in the day. <laughs> Does this feel like pretentious at all? Like, I mean, like, I feel like this is like a really good, like, pretentious movie. Like, if you uh, like, if yeah, you... <laughs> I'd say so. I mean, I, I, I mean, I like, I hate to call things pretentious, but like, this really actually does feel pretentious. It feels like uh, Cameron he's Crow, out of his. It feels like, like Cameron Crowe is overextending himself into the like into like pseudo art house territory and he yeah. doesn't belong there. Yeah. Like he's not that kind of a director. And this movie doesn't work as no as that. Yeah. But I I, I kind of want to see the original. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's good, but I also heard it's really, really similar. Oh really? Mm. Um, but maybe the It's uh, shorter. Maybe it won't have all the um pop culture references. It probably won't have all the pop no. culture references. I mean it might have uh you know Spanish pop culture references. Which you wouldn't know, so. No, I wouldn't. Perfect. But they, sometimes I forget they have a culture too, or that other places have cultures. <laughs> they do? I'm just kidding. Isn't that weird? Um, America. Okay, I'm sorry. Three. I said 3.5. Yeah, uh, I think this has some interesting things. Uh, I don't like mo- most of the execution, and it just drags into eternity. It's a two, two out of five. Ooh. I'm going two and a half. All right. Well, that's uh, Vanilla Sky. Uh, oh, uh, fuck! We have feedback. I totally. Forgot. Oh, nice. I forgot we have feedback. Um, did you uh, did you watch that guy's movie? No, I did not. I didn't have. We we'll get to it. I'm sorry. Yeah, Which sorry, are... sorry. Uh, Joe didn't didn't have time to watch your. F- I mean, it sounds like ridiculous because I said I didn't have time to watch this movie, and then I watched a bunch of other movies. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. oh, Gmail changed their look. Uh. But I will. I promise I will watch it by uh, next episode. I guarantee it. Um, so we have a little bit of uh, feedback. If you want to write to us, get to us at feedback at com. Jimmy Ray writes to us, uh, Hiya, uh, what are some of the best cars or vehicles in movie history? Personally, I like Steve McQueen's car and bullet. Thank you. So uh, any ideas about vehicles that you like in movies? I like Tom Cruise's car in Vanilla Sky. <laughs> cool. Cool car. I don't know. I, I don't have know cars. No I don't know any cars. Yeah. No? This is a blind spot. Oh my gosh. This is a terrible um, question for our podcast. Can I go? I mean, can I just say the um, Ghostbusters one? Yeah, that's good. I like that. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, good. The uh, ambulance, old school ambulance. Christine. Christine, sure. I'm, look, I'm a, looking at a list right classic. Now. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I really like the car that the bank robbers drive in Point Break when they are in the car chase and Gary Busey is driving his car after them. I like that car. I don't know what it is. It's like an Oldsmobile or something. They burn mm-hmm. it at the gas station. It's a really cool car. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Other like vehicles. I mean, uh, I guess like the Batmobile from like Batman Returns is pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I had, <laughs> I had a bunch of different Batmobiles as Hot Wheels. There you go. I liked playing with Hot Wheels. Which unfortunately did not translate into me liking cars as an adult. Well, that's not unfortunate. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or just knowing anything about cars. Right. Um, Can't fix my own car. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's. Uh, this is a, not a question for our podcast. I guess. 
I like Larry David's Prius and uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's cool. Would Kevin have we'll known, known any cars? Kevin emailed and uh, actually responded to this email so we could read. I'll read his uh, email. He says, uh, first, to answer Jimmy Ray's question, this is from Kevin, guys. I'm going to go with the Chevy Malibu from Repo Man. It flies and it can eviscerate people instantly. <laughs> Plus, it clearly gets great gas mileage. Nice. That's good. That's good. He uh, then talks about Maniac. Uh, trailer. He says, looks ridiculous. I like Fukunaga, so I might have to watch. Fahrenheit 11.9. Uh, Michael Moore clearly is the most original voice in documentary filmmaking and will show us something we've never seen before by trumping up hope, love, and making idiots look like idiots. Uh, and then in parentheses, because no one could see that before. Escape for Danamora looks pretty interesting. Climax looks cha- we didn't talk about climax, but climax looks challenging but annoying, like center stage but with more camera <laughs> movement. I really want to see climax. I do too, very I, much. I like I like dancing in movies. <laughs> I don't know why. You saw oh yeah, you've seen Pena, right? Because you saw yeah. the uh I love Korean. Step Up to the Streets Jesus so Christ. much. Damn. Stomp the yard? Yeah. I like <laughs> uh, like I don't Raise? I, don't, I haven't seen Raise, but there's just like something about like when dance is filmed well, it is just like so inherently cinematic to me with the choreography. It's it just looks awesome. Okay, such a puss. Uh, <laughs> the new Widows trailer. Uh, Steve, you know better than to get involved with Jillian Flynn. Her stuff really isn't very good, but somehow she's popular. I'll pass unless somebody tells me it's seriously good. I will watch Widows no matter what, even though the new trailer does look like shit. Um, Green Book looks like the odd couple feel good comedy that the world needs right now, and I'll have my rating for Vanilla Sky next recording all the best so uh yeah that's kevin writing to us at feed feedback at filmiacpodcast.com visit our website at filmiacpodcast.com next week on the show jr is going to pick the film for our deep dive jr all right so i need one of you guys is gonna have actually both of you pick a number one through 70 each one of you pick a number one through 70 one through 170 one through 170. One yeah. through 170. Do you want yeah. to just say the number? Yeah, say the number. 93. 93. 150. 93, 150. Let's see. Which one would be better? You're not going from the IMDb top 250, are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, so my pick, we are going to watch the original, The Taking of the Pelham 123. Oh, uh, this is great. I want to see this. Okay. Good. Yeah, I'll watch the new one too. I haven't seen it before. So <laughs> thank you. You picked a better number. Cool. What, what was the uh, other one? I pick? <laughs> you picked King Creole, which I, I was like, is. I'm not ready. To, I'm not ready to, or to jump into an Elvis movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, not Good. this week. Yeah, I don't want to. But I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, take him with Pelham One Two. Who directed this? I don't fucking know. Uh oh. <laughs> so like, is it Pecula? It's not Alan J. Pecula. It might be. Um, I didn't. So I made a giant list. Yeah, I haven't seen everything on the list. I have seen this, but it is Joseph Sargent. Oh, Joseph Sargent. Okay. Um, well, we got we just one more thing before we stop the podcast, which is uh, John Ryan here watched uh, Searching for Bobby Fisher because he lost the game that we played. So we're going to play another game today, a game of guessing the director. And uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, whoever wins gets to assign a movie to the loser okay now, is it only between us two that should be, a, that should that be between all three of us no? okay good yeah so uh i'm gonna randomly give you guys a card okay okay and 
then uh, maybe like you guys will ask like JR will ask me, I'll ask Jonathan, and Jonathan will ask JR. All right, sound fair? Yeah. Do you think that he has played this game enough times? Yes, that he knows he's all the cards. No, 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 no. I haven't played this in a long time, and I do. I'm just going. This will just be off my general knowledge, which is Acro- relatively uh, expansive. Laptops closed. Yeah, laptops. Well, I can't close my laptop. Oh, right. I'm not, I'm not looking at anything. <laughs> I promise. Uh, here's your card. Here's your card. Here's my card. Okay, and uh, yeah. So uh, I'll I'll go first. I'll ask Jonathan. This is bullshit. You're gonna wait. Like this is. You're asking him though. Not me. Both of you. Okay. Well, I'm asking you. <laughs> you can do this. You want to switch cards? Because then I know the an- I know the answers. <laughs> oh, well, let me see. He just wants to. It he might wants be a- that all these cards are easy. Yeah. Wait till I get a card that I don't. That nobody will know. Wow. Do it. Who directed say anything? <laughs> like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Here. Give me, give me those more. back. One please. more. I'm holding on to this one just in case. <laughs> it actually has one decent one. Dude, this is ridiculous. Okay. Who directed Gladiator? Russell Crowe. <laughs> Give me this. Come on, let's. All right, let's play. Mine are all easy. Exactly. Yeah, easy. let's play. I don't uh, all right, all right. Okay. There. Okay. So I'm gonna ask you it. Right? You ready? <laughs> sure. Who directed the 1991 drama JFK? JFK. And I can um, give you options if you need them. Uh, what's his name? Would you like me to give you the option? Yeah. Is it A, Oliver Stone? Oliver Stone. B, oh, okay. <laughs> I want to say Orson Welles. <laughs> Orson Welles. <laughs> this is a great game for Jonathan. Go ahead, Jonathan. Ask JR now. Oh, man. Okay. You should ask him one of them. All know, right. Who directed uh, the 1985 comedy The Sure Thing? Oh, that's good. He didn't know that. Because I, I don't know that. I don't fucking know that. Really? Uh, is it? To give him options. Yeah. Uh, um, John Landis? Robert Zemeckis, Carl Reiner, or Rob Reiner? Rob Reiner. You got it. Oh, okay. oh is it really? Wow. I, <laughs> would, was, I would was have told guessed Carl Reiner. I had no clue. All right, cool. My turn. All right. Who directed the 1926 silent film Metropolis? Fritz Lang. Fine. It's easy. They're all, uh, they're all easy. Who directed the 1969 adventure film Easy Rider? Um... Give me the options. Directed by A, Jack Nicholson, B, Arthur Penn, C, Dennis Hopper, D, Peter Fonda. Dennis Hopper? That's correct. Yeah. Good job. Okay, these two are ridiculous. You're going to have to give me another card. (sighs) Jesus fucking Christ. Thanks. I'm going to need another one also. Oh, my God. I'm too good for you. Okay, you got to give me another one. I'm not, yeah, it's like I'm not asking him who directed Titanic. (laughs) JR thought who, I wouldn't who know Fritz Lang directed Metropolis. <laughs> the, the only one. <laughs> he doesn't watch old movies. <laughs> you won't know. Oh my God, these are stupid easy. <laughs> Just ask. Okay, who directed the 1992, th- uh, 1992 thriller, Basic Instinct? Paul Verhoeven. Yep. Okay. Good job. Gus Van Sant. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Dan Gott? I've never heard of him. Never heard of him, yeah. JR, waiting. <laughs> It's like, I have one that might not be easy, but then if you read all the options, it's easy. Don't read the options, then. All right. No. <laughs> uh, who directed the 1999 action film Rules of Engagement? William Friedkin. Yeah. Is that the one you thought would not be easy? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Um, who directed the 1995 drama Interview with the Vampire? I don't know. A, John Carpenter. 
No. B, Jonathan Demme. C, Neil Jordan. D, Tim Burton. <laughs> Going to go with B. B, Jonathan Demme is incorrect. Uh, I don't should know. Should he be out of the game now or should we do, I don't know. Yeah, I guess let's I just for, In the interest of time, let's just say you're out. I'm out, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. JR. Who, who, it was the, it was the third, oh, C? Neil Jordan. Oh, yeah, Neil Jordan is the director. Tim Burton. <laughs> there are some directors on both cards that I've had that, just a lot, of, a lot of repeat names. Yeah. Like Joel Schumacher, I think, paid to have his name on every card. <laughs> um, <laughs> who directed the 2000 action film Gone in 60 Seconds? Dominic Cena. How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> You're playing in the big leagues now, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Who directed fair. the 1997 drama The English Patient? Oh, I know, uh, I know this. I know this. This is a thing that I options. know. Options. Uh, I can give you that. He hasn't asked for options yet. Yeah, we'll go options. I'm a loser bitch. Edward Zwick? No. Anthony Minghella? Anthony Minghella. Well, good job. Willem Dafoe was the <laughs> directed by Willem Dafoe. <laughs> what? Who directed the 1997 action film Con Air? Oh, <laughs> what? Um, I know, I know this guy's name. I just got to think of it. Um, we can do options. Oh, we'll do options, and I'll definitely get it. <laughs> All right, yeah, you will. You will definitely get this. Uh, A. Michael Mann. <laughs> B, Barry Sonnefield. <laughs> C, Simon West. Right, Simon or West D, is the answer. John Woo. Simon West is the answer. Yeah. I thought oh, it was John Woo. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be asking you now. Yeah. Uh, who directed uh, the 1992 drama Howard's End? I don't even know what this movie is. It's with uh, Anthony Hopkins. How's he getting all the, how's he getting all the good ones? Um. <clears throat> Fuck! I don't want to do homework. Give me the options. Is it A. Anthony Hopkins? No. <laughs> B. James Ivory. C. Kenneth Branagh. Or D. Scott Hicks. It's James Ivory. That's correct. Mm. I'm not asking you who directed Raging Bull. Okay. <laughs> uh, who directed the 1941 mystery The Maltese Falcon? Um, Frank Capra. Oh fuck! Is it John Huston? Shit. Oh, that was wrong. I know. I got it wrong. Oh, that was wrong. <laughs> I did Frank Capra first. I should, well, you have said, said, I shouldn't have said Frank Capra. You said the right answer. God I didn't know how. No, I'm out. I'm out. It's All okay. Right. Okay. So JR is going to assign yeah. uh, me, I guess, a movie. Pick another number. I won't make you watch the Elvis movie. Oh, Jesus. Uh, one, one in 170? Yeah. It has to be before 1960. No, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, Four. Oh wow! It's before 1960. <laughs> no, I'm not giving you this movie. Pick another one. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Uh, twelve. Am I going too? I'll too, give you that one. Too low. <laughs> okay. You're gonna watch Archangel, which is what? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a 1990s Canadian movie. Hmm. From who directed it? Um, Adam McGillian? No, the fucking uh, I can't think Kenneth of his goddamn name right now. I've seen a lot of his movies. Uh, Guy Madden. Oh, guy. Oh, okay, cool. That's cool. I've seen a movie that he did. Yeah, this is one of his weird, looks like a silent era movie, kind of weirdo things. I know I said weird I, twice, but uh, watched it's weird. a film that he made on Netflix, uh, but I keyhole? never, I never finished it. Um, 
my Winnipeg. The Forbidden Room. I watched about half of it, and I just never got around to finishing it. It wasn't that I didn't like it. I just never got around to finishing it. I like The Forbidden Room a lot. But. Yeah. Uh, I will watch Archangel. So the first one he picked was a weird uh, Polish animated movie. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make him do that. Uh, this sounds great. An amnesiac soldier seeking his lost love arrives in Archangel, a northern Russia, to help the townsfolk in their fight against the Bolsheviks, all quite unaware that the Great War ended three months ago. And I will also try to watch this. This is great. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week where we'll be watching uh, Archangel as well as JR's pick for next week. Which I've already forgotten. Taking a Pella 123, the original, uh, directed by Joe Sargent and starring Walter Matthau and other people. Oh, uh, the guy from Jaws. Uh, yeah. I'm not. I just cashed out all my names. Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw is in it as the John Travolta here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll see you guys then. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.
Uh, everybody good? So you got your two liter of Coke. John's got water. You're good. Okay. Where do you get that? I got the racetrack. I had a new How much spot. is that? Like 90, 93 cents? <laughs> it's like a dollar fifty. Jesus fuck. <laughs> and that's just straight Dr. Pepper or Mr. No, Pib? It's cherry Coke. Cherry Coke. Ooh, nice. Yeah. How are you alive? Like, 